Yeah, now that we got all that out. Let's tighten up. Let's tighten up. This is a podcast within itself right now. Hello and welcome to the Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Today is a special day. Today is LSD part two. We've got some special guests on the pod. We've got half of Groove Damage. We've got the rhythm section, Nick and Aaron. Yo. What's up, guys? Yo, yo, yo. How you guys doing? (laughs) Ba-doom, boom, pow. That's one of their their songs. Yeah, that was a drum drum fill. Yeah, that that was Nick the drummer. He uh he does fills. That's all. He's, sneak peek what, if, what if you only? <laughs> what if you only just did fills? Like, yeah, for dude, every song. <laughs> the groove, the dude, that's what he does. Dude, groove is so overrated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even own a snare. I just play. <laughs> I just play toms. Yeah, I play a tom as a snare, dude. <laughs> That'd be pretty oh, yeah, sick. Who else do we got? Um, fucking, we got our boy Aaron, dude. No, I just said that. We got you, uh, Ryan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm here. Hey, yeah, up, we got dude? Micah. We got Hakeem on the pod. Hakeem. Wait, just to clarify, down. who who is Micah again? <laughs> this one guy. I just started on the podcast today. Welcome. Yeah, it's oh, his okay. first day. Yeah. Have you ever it's missed? Nice to meet you have guys. you ever happened to miss a podcast before? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like an exclusive Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah definitely. Uh, back with the the old podcast that I used to do with my friends. Um, this one though, it's it's actually new. It's a so. new podcast. Oh, um, gotcha. Starting uh, today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. New year, new podcast, dude. <laughs> How'd you guys know? How'd you guys know about my old job? <laughs> <laughs> the drinking out of mugs podcast. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. I'm stoked. I'm glad that you guys are on this episode. It's it's dope. I'm happy. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. We're all Hell yeah. Yeah, so the reason we've got them on today's episode is because, as we talked about last week, last week was a lot of the science and history about LSD, and today is mostly uh, music with a little bit of culture sprinkled in there. And these guys happen to be musicians of a really cool band, Groove Damage, coming out with an album soon. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've actually (laughs) been wondering, I was going to say, how did you guys come up with Groove Damage, the name? Uh, Nick actually came up with the name Groove Damage, but that where it came from is uh, we're all record collectors, all four of us, and uh, Groove Damage is um, it's a record head like term used for like records can have Groove Damage. Like I, I don't know the exact history. Like like if you play like a record, say you got a worn out stylus, but like you don't change your stylus and you just keep playing your records. Like every time that needle is through that groove, it's damaging it, and so that sound is gonna stay there. So then, then you could get the nicest turntable in the fucking world, but if you're playing the same record that you played ten times with the broken stylus, you're gonna hear the groove damage. So then, are you referencing that your music it just always sounds like a record with groove damage? <laughs> no, no, but it's, <laughs> yeah, also, sorry, it's we, also like we a sound pun. Like shit. It's also like, like a play on yeah. words because it's also yeah. like you know, like we're damaging like that groove, and it's just kind of both. But it started with the record, and now like yeah, yeah. And I think That's it's sick. my understanding that like in the early days of like when uh, turntables weren't like super nice, like that records like uh, Black Sabbath records and records like zeppelin like records that really banged hard um could damage like the needle or like you know like needles weren't up to par with the the level of intensity that music was 
coming that of the mu- music that was coming out. Yeah, because groove damage basically uh, it can happen with with, with with yeah with what's called mistracking. So mm-hmm. like, so a, a stylus is made out of diamond and it's basically going along this like vinyl fucking groove. groove. Yeah, groove. And so it's it's carving into that groove every time. And so if it's misaligned or if it's fucking like what Nick said, like a shitty stylus, something that's worn out. Or if it's like if if you receive information like the uh, the 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 groove that is carved into this vinyl, if it is like not cut correctly, or if it's too hot and the groove and the needle can't track it, it'll like slide out of the groove and cause what's called groove damage, yeah. which is basically just distortion. And uh, mm-hmm. so like a lot of like basically like like when Aaron was saying like Sabbath like and all these stuff were like so hard. Like, like the, it would just slap so hard that like uh, it, it would cause groove damage. Yeah. Um. Or by like mistracking and stuff yeah. like that. Like needles couldn't track it. Like back in the day. And there's even needles that like people have like jazz setups that like, like literally don't like like I won't play metal on this like stylus because they like cannot track mm-hmm. it and it'll fuck the needle up. Interesting. I yeah. That's that. really cool. Yeah. That's and great. we we also the the reason we started groove damage. Uh, me and Nick kind of had the idea, but the uh. We were really big, and we still are. We're really big into like rare psych records, and these these records go for so much money. They're really because just because they're rare, it's not like they're any better than like Zeppelin or you know like uh, like Sabbath, but they're just they're just rare, you know. And uh, th- like they would only press like a thousand copies, three hundred copies here and there, you know. But they were banging records that were just super rare, and so. Um, we were like, there's nothing stopping us from doing something like that, like getting musicians together, making some banging ass tracks, and releasing it, like having a rare, our own rare record out there. And uh, so that's what, and so that's it. Just domino affected into the name, I guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah so that's I, so cool. I assume you guys are gonna be putting your new record on vinyl, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which will take a while, unfortunately, because all the fucking. Factories are all backed up right now because they want to Taylor re- Swift. They want to repress every fucking Adele record thirty times over. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering yeah. about that. Pretty like sl- artists like uh oh sorry. Oh, what were we gonna say? I was gonna say like artists like Tipper has had he's had to like repress sometimes because he'll go for like some shitty company at first or just someone that's available and then they end up pressing like thousands or like you know a few hundred really shitty ones and then he's had to do like three repressings before yeah. and I've. I'm like kind of blown away by it because I've been wondering if it's because now there's like it's like a huge trend. Um, yeah, it's a to, huge you know, trend. Yeah, there's, with, a, with there's not a enough, uh, not enough factories that are offering that service. Yeah, yeah, it sucks because like when someone comes out with a new record, like they'll release it on like digital, and if they didn't plan far enough ahead, like it'll be like six months until they release yeah, or the a vinyl. year, like the Silk yeah. Sonic vinyl, even Silk Sonic, like Bruno Mars and fucking Anderson Pack, the vinyl oh, came out like a yeah. year after the yeah. Yeah, that's because it just takes forever to like the factories are so backed up. I don't think I've heard that record. It's a good record. It's a good. It's a nice little soul record. But I will say that with, there would not be any of that if there wasn't any Marvin Gaye. Ooh, yeah, yeah Marvin Gaye, like Al Green yeah. and and Al Green. Yeah, yeah. all that shit. I got Stevie I gotta, Wonder. Gotta pay respects. But in um, this is the LSD Part Two episode. I will say that the record that really inspired me to want to do Groove Damage and make a rare record was uh, it was a psychedelic rock band called Leafhound. And uh, they're, they have, like, I think their record is, like, one of the most expensive records ever sold. Besides, I think there's, like, a really rare Beatles record that sold yeah, at auction. But, like, just an original copy of this album by Leafhound called Growers of Mushroom. 
goes. I think there's one on on the market for like 15k right now. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They sell for like five to ten grand. And like I said, it's no better than than Zeppelin. A lot of people actually don't it's like not, it. It's not. It's like not even anywhere as close to Zeppelin. Yeah. But it's good. Hell yeah. And but it's, it's, it's psychedelic rock. It's because you'll just never fucking find it. Yeah. Good. I like the. I like. It's that like record. hard blues rock. Hard it's, blues. It's rock. a hard electric blues rock. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Damn. 1971. That's dope. Yeah. An old one. So it was coming out around. Uh, the Zeppelin era, too. Yeah, it probably just sat on the shelf and no one bought it because it was so, like, taboo. Yeah, and it also was released in the UK, and it's known that, you know, UK, in, in the UK, like, the quality was better. Like, the press, the plant, the pressing plants were pressing. Yeah, it's like UK shit. and, like, Germany are, like, Well, it's best. like, yeah. look at all these bands you had to compete with back then. So you yeah. could even make a good record and just no one buys it because... People only have so much money they can spend at the record store, and you're yeah. looking at the Who, the Stones, the Beatles, Zeppelin, Sabbath, yeah. Deep Purple, yada yada. Yeah, They're literally all, the best bands ever, dude. Yeah, and it's like those bands get just left behind. Yeah, the other ones. Yeah, I just found this what I thought was a super rare record, um, Static Age by Misfits. Okay, it was never even really supposed to be a record, but then I found a vinyl of it, which I was surprised. I picked it up, and it turns out they were pressing it out of Russia in like 2006 okay. but there's only like 2,000 of them found it for 15 bucks that's pretty oh nice dude the misfits are dope yeah they have yeah. original 45s that go for like thousands go, yeah of go dollars. for good yeah. money yeah jeez yeah they're hard to find sometimes what's another rare psychedelic uh there's tons yeah there's so yeah. many there's yeah tons. um well i actually have uh an amendment for the last episode actually because I had speculated before we get super hard into music, um, I speculated that Steve Jobs was probably influenced by LSD into making all the artwork for Apple and uh, okay. just all those eye devices. Turns out it was actually true that oh, nice. Steve Jobs uh, he was uh, he he made all of the imagery based off the things he found aesthetically pleasing from taking LSD, and he was quoted as saying. Uh, it was a profound experience, one of the most important things in his life. And he went on to say that his experience taking LSD showed him that making beautiful objects was more important in life than making money. Damn. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know, did, did you guys ever see the movie? I think it was like Jobs or something. It it's was called Steve Ashton Jobs. Kutcher. Steve Jobs. It, oh, the one with Ashton Kutcher. No, I haven't seen that one. Is it that good? one is pretty good because he takes like his some girlfriend like at the college like gives him blotter papers in the beginning and they eat it and they like have an experience together and then he ends up dropping out of school to just focus on Apple in the garage. Yeah, that's um, dope. I, I feel like there, there's kind of like that indication a little bit of like this is maybe what's kind of peaked the Apple, uh, you know. Interests. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you could just see that and kind of assume and it turns out to be true because obviously Apple's imagery is very like wavy and psychedelic in a weird like kind of conformist way. And but, colorful, yeah. Yeah, and Absolutely. very colorful. But well, it, yeah, definitely uh, was driven by LSD, which I had no idea about when I said it last week. So. Well, the crazy because he was a piece of shit. <laughs> the Beatles were also obviously driven by LSD and Steve Jobs was also driven by... A love of the Beatles. Yeah. Because the uh. Apple is inspired from the Apple record label off the Beatles. Oh, I didn't all know that. Beatles. That's interesting. Oh. And then Whoa. when you turn on the laptop and it makes that dum sound, mm -hmm. yeah. that's the same exact note as all those, uh, as the nine pianos that are simultaneously the playing a... the note at in the end. Oh, what? Abbey Road. Uh, no, is that in the end? Is Golden that... Slumber. Like it's at, it's at the, isn't it? That's, uh, that's uh, Sergeant Pepper's. No, no, it's Abbey Road. 
Yeah. Uh, I have a really funny. Oh no no quote. no! It is Sergeant yeah, Pepper. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm tripping. A day in the oh, life. Oh, that's fucking so it's sick. The same dude. note. You're right. I have yeah. a really funny yeah. quote about the Beatles. So it, it, this quote from the Beatles said, John and I had decided that Paul and Ringo had to have acid because we could not relate to them anymore, not even on one level. We couldn't relate to them on any level because acid had changed us so much. It was a mammoth experience that it was unexplainable. It was something that had to be experienced because you couldn't spend the rest of your life trying to explain what made you feel and think. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and do you guys remember how they took acid the first time? Weren't they like dosed? Yeah, by their yeah. They, they got slipped it. They got yeah. slipped it in their tea. I I will <laughs> say that like people like um like uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon, people like Steve Jobs and people like um even someone like Albert Einstein, people who didn't have a lot of like uh they, they these are guys that like dropped out of the school, right? But they're great because they are known for being great thinkers. They they. They saw they thought differently than everyone else, and I think right. that LSD helped a lot with that. So, like Albert Einstein, for example, being you know, he's the most notorious thinker of all time. Him and him and like Sir Isaac Newton, you know. And um, did he was he at LSD? Did he oh, dabble? Uh, did he dabble? <laughs> I don't. That's a good well, question. Einstein I don't was know. around during um during World MK War II, Ultra right? and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think Albert was born in the. 20s i think in uh or like the early 1900s and he was like a yeah he was alive yeah during world war ii and stuff but also dude paul mccartney prime example like dude he is one of the most brilliant bass players i've ever fucking heard you know yeah dude definitely and he is he doesn't know much about theory and anything but he's doing shit that like i would i would learn in college like in theory classes and i'm like holy shit but he couldn't tell you what the fuck he's doing. He's just thinking about the music differently. He's looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, and what's cool about McCartney too is he would also go in like afterwards and re-record his bass over everything else yeah. because he would like <clears throat> once everything came together, he would like be like, "Oh, like I thought of a better bass line mm-hmm. or something that would fit this better," and then would go back in and like mm-hmm. always re-record this fucking bass part. Yeah, and the the only uh, like other bass players in the game that were doing inversions and like working with harmony like that were the guys in Motown. Yeah. Like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye and um all the like the ba- all the bands over there in uh in Motor City. And that music is some of the best music ever. And it's because they were think they were approaching the chords and notes uh in a different way rather than just playing like the the root note. You know, yeah. they would they would place the they would put a bass note in a uh there's so basically sorry, just a real quick theory lesson. Like chords are made of a chord is made of like three or more notes played together. And you don't always have to play the bass, the, the if like the chord being played is E, you don't always have to play E it uh, to be the the bass note. You can play fucking um you can put like G in the bass and it would it would sound more spacey, more you know, it would sound, you know, it would sound better. And yeah, isn't that Paul an was doing that. Yeah, that, that that's like that's an aversion. I think yeah. that's uh, I think that's like second species inversion, but it, that's just... I don't remember how that all that is. <laughs> it's just nerd bullshit that I'm... <laughs> this, is no, good, anything, this is nerdier Aaron's than anything Micah has <laughs> ever talked about. I know. <laughs> Dude, Marvin's huge on inversion, especially on what's going on, the album, what's going on, but we'll just skip, skip over that. I mean, 
No acid was involved. Yeah, right true. Out. We should nah, probably. That was a love of God. But the Grateful Dead. True. I was gonna say oh, we, we were yeah. on we were on the topic of the Beatles, and I was gonna bring that up later. But Shit. we can fucking talk about that now if you guys want before we get into the dead. Because I do want to get into the dead. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron after, hates the dead. Yeah, dude. After listening to two songs, he hates here, the here, dead. bro. You know, fuck you, Micah. <laughs> as as Micah, anytime he sits down at my house and plugs in the guitar, immediately starts playing the dead. <laughs> dude, literally. And your dude, your mom would be so disappointed in you right now, dude. And no, I know dude, your she, mom's listening, dude. She doesn't I, even want to go I, into dead. Yeah, I was gonna say I literally told her how cheap we got the tickets, and then I was like, "This is how much they're being sold for," and she's like, "Yeah, sell them. I don't, I don't want them." And dude, I was like, "You want to see yeah, the Grateful Dead for eighty dollars?" So she's a purist. She's like, "It's only Jerry." No, actually, yeah. no, straight up. Her and her boyfriend listened to Dead and & Company, and she was like, and they, both of them were just like, we're not really feeling the mayor vibe. Like, sorry, but it's she's seen Dude, the dead before. There, look. Back in the day. Obviously, Jerry, like, is the OG, and, like, all the songs are written with him and stuff. But there's yeah. there's some videos where Jerry is it's 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 bad in the nineties. Right. It's fucking bad. It's and there's never the there's she, never she a video. Like there's never a video of John where it's like that bad, dude. Yeah, John like, he's just fucking he's so much good. better than Jerry. Like, yeah, let's just be real. Like, I think Jerry was they're different in so many different ways because like Jerry ripped the banjo though, dude. Yeah. Jerry in the seventies would have been dope. Oh, like, absolutely, yeah, but no. yeah, I don't know, dude. It's hard to compare them, but there's, yeah, there's John is total opposites. Yeah. But dude, I played fucking Europe seventy two for you, and like the shit in <laughs> right before Morning Dew on the on the last side of Europe seventy two, mm-hmm. and it's all like fucking crazy and weird and shit. Aaron was digging it because he was like, "Oh, this is like jazzy and shit." And they and the Dead was fucking influenced by Coltrane and Miles Davis. Yeah, well, John Coltrane. He had to they, th- they he used had, to go. He had, watch, th- he had to throw yeah. some black artists in there so I can relate a little bit. <laughs> 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 He's like, come on, bro. The, the brothers uh, are, are listening. <laughs> <laughs> what if I was like black artists like Darius Rucker? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Dude. That's Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, um, I did want to quickly mention that I looked up to see if Albert Einstein had ever taken LSD and I couldn't find it at all. Oh, okay. um, but a bunch of other scientists showed up as taking stuff. So like Bill Gates had supposedly. Yeah, but, but he doesn't like okay. talking about it I don't, because of PR. I hate that mm. this came up. It says that Francis Crick, one half of the two guys that discovered the structure of DNA, uh, that he, this Francis Crick guy, reportedly discovered the double helix structure in 1953, while under the influence of LSD. However, Whoa. it was discovered in the early 2000s that it was actually this scientist uh, Rosalind Franklin, a woman who she discovered the double helix and wrote about it and all these things. And Francis and Crick actually stole that data from her because she was a woman at the time. She wasn't actually allowed to publish research. Uh, they stole that data from her, got the Nobel Prizes. She died of cancer. God and it was damn. university students that found archives that they ended up discovering that she had actually been the discoverer of the double helix structure. And then got her a post hot like post how do you say that posthumous, posthumous? yeah posthumous uh, Nobel Prize for posthumous. it so it just pisses me off that this dude <laughs> was that after her death yeah oh yeah shit. and so, so she got no glory she got no Damn. glory and the, the unfortunate thing is I'm just pissed off that people might think that this motherfucker took acid and discovered the structured DNA yeah. Anyway. Dude, no. What Damn. happened was he took acid and entered the collective unconscious, where she already discovered it, Ooh. and he downloaded the information. Fucking oh, <laughs> like the Matrix, dude. That's straight Matrix theft. Do you think Albert <laughs> Einstein was Neo? Oh wow, Neo. <laughs> Maybe from the. Have you not seen the Matrix? Oh, oh, yeah, the I one? have seen. It. I thought you were talking about Neo, like the artist. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about. It. 
Yeah, uh, like, yeah, true. Have you heard the theory behind the Matrix? How it's a metaphor for being transgender? Wait, no, it's really? Also, oh, sick. So what? it's a metaphor for being transgender, but also a metaphor for Christianity. Oh. But the one of the writers is transgender now. Both, and both of them. They're both, both of them, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they've oh. said that on the record, so it's like that's straight from the source. Damn. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> before that, if you if you look at like if you watch all of them, then it's like it's very biblical and weird at the same time. But Damn, then I'll have to do that again. Well, here can we give a little like notice for anyone listening to this? If you've never seen Matrix two and three, don't. <laughs> Whoa, dude! I, you're not the first person who said that in the last week to dude, me. Dude, I just Matrix was talking one? to Raven about this Hell last week. Yes. I was just talking to the Raven about this last week. Those those shouldn't even exist, dude. Yeah, because Raven told me to fucking go and listen to or go watch all three. Take acid and no, watch all, all three five. Matrix no. series. All and five. I, yeah, but I only watched. I only, dude, that's like fucking 14 hours worth of fucking time. <laughs> and then, isn't the new one just like a bunch of clips from the old one? I don't even know. I don't... I'll, I watched the, the first one. The first one's hilarious. The second one's kind of funny. First the third one sucks. And then fucking... I haven't seen four or five, but... Anyone listening, just watch the first one and you're fine. You can live your life and watch other things. Yeah. Okay, like unless you're on acid, then watch all three. Nah, dude. <laughs> I don't just know, watch dude. one. If I, what, what was that town they go to? The, not the town, but like the... Uh, I don't know the in the second movie like Babylon or what's it fucking called? Yeah, uh, y- yeah, they take the Ebenezer to uh fucking what? Yeah, ba- dude, if I saw that while it? I was tripping, I would. <laughs> yeah, it's this, dude, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'd never seen the word, any weird orgy scene in the second oh, one. Yeah, yeah, dude, I've or never seen EDM, the EDM music and the mud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never seen yeah. any uh, any of the Matrixes, and I watched them all for the first time while I was on LSD, and it was fucking wild, dude. Yeah, <laughs> the, anyway. the first one is is a really good movie. It is yeah. goaded. That's like one of the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah but then it, it it it's such a cliffhanger though. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. I'm, so watch one and two. Don't watch three. Two's pretty good. Okay, two is just action packed. It's just yeah. an action movie. I don't know, man. I think. Two- Sucks. All right. Anyway, we can we can Anyways, get off this Jesus. topic. <laughs> the okay, fucking so, albino, the albino dudes with the dreads are so funny. The twins. Yeah, definitely. In the uh, second one, they turn like they have snake hair. They're we're just gonna, we're awesome. just gonna edit out anything to do with the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Mark. I'm gonna edit all this out. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go on a fucking three hour rant about how good the Matrix is. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna go on a three hour rant about how good the debt is. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hop. Let's Actually, hop into the, the podcast is gonna be like twenty minutes. <laughs> now I do want to hop into the meat. Yeah. So fucking, I know we were talking about the Beatles. I want to finish this topic because we all can relate to the Beatles, and that's a good way to start this probably. Yeah. Um, it's like what you were saying. No, I wouldn't say we all. Well, okay, literally everyone here except for Raven. So Raven, Raven can get fucked. Damn. Raven does not like the Scared Beatles, dude, and he's he's a little cockroach. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Um, no, so like what we were saying earlier, like George Harrison and John Lennon got dosed for the first time and they fucking loved LSD and they were like, Oh, that's fucking dope. Uh this is nineteen sixty five. And then uh on a tour in the US they ended up getting Ringo to indulge with them and then Paul like refused, was like, I'm not doing it, like fuck that. And then like finally after like a super long time like paul like finally did it and was just like yo what the fuck this is so sick dude yeah and uh which is pretty Wait, dope. i read i read somewhere <clears throat> today that paul never ended up doing it no it was like a big pr thing because like he admitted to doing it because they asked him on an interview at one point and then like he like said yes and then it was like this huge fucking thing where like all these families these like white families that were just like oh like these the beatles are like so like fucking like kid clean and like squeaky clean and like kid friendly and then when that happened they were like oh my god these are like demons and stuff like that and like people were like losing their minds yeah. and shit it was crazy 
So and, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so while they were on tour in the U.S. Uh, before uh, Revolver, which is Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's like one of their like are their two like most like psychedelic records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Revolver the, being the the earliest one. right 66 right mm-hmm. and uh so there's a song on that called she said she said and I'm, i don't know if you guys know the story behind that no, i know the song but okay the so the story behind that is uh he was with um he was at a party and peter fonda who's an actor uh would like i guess like died when he was born or something like that and like continuously like while they were tripping on acid would like talk to john lennon who was like uh and was just like i know what it's like to be dead and so like in the fucking song, she said, she said, it's like, she said, she said, I know what it's like to be dead. And uh, so that's what that's like, uh, what that's all about. And okay. fucking pretty interesting. Wait, but that's like Peter, wild. Peter Fonda, a girl? No, I think Peter Fonda's a dude, but a dude. Uh, I think it's just his the, daughter's the, it, Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Um, but Maybe I don't know. They said she said, you know. I don't um, know. For fucking maybe just musical. What? I don't know. What album is Revolver on? Revolver is the album. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got so uh, many albums. Yeah, yeah. It's their 1966 record. It's the one that's Homie like. Homie almost said 1960 uh, dicks. <laughs> <So> <laughs> what was the uh, era? Like, which albums and which years were the era of like the very psychedelic uh, imagery and like clothing that they wore? Because they fully changed things Most, up after. Like, well, the. M- Revolver being the first, but Sergeant Pepper being the and Magical Mystery Magical Tour. Mystery yeah. Tour, yeah, that was. But that Sergeant was right. Pepper was the first one, and that's where they're totally like you know wearing crazy color clothing, and the songs are yeah, you know much that's, more. That's my favorite Beatle record, Magical Mystery Tour. No, I thought yeah, no, I was about like, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, okay, sorry, yeah, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, I dude, I just listened to both of those today, and yeah. I would say Sergeant Pepper is definitely more like the elaborate like well done one but fucking there's some really good songs but, on but Revolver. magical mystery tour is only like uh yeah yeah those but then magical mystery tour was like six months after sergeant pepper yeah exactly and it really wasn't it was based it was just like for the movie essentially or like wait, did they make a movie based on the album or an album based on the movie like with all the music and stuff Dude, I, either one if of there is a movie of it i still haven't it's seen it it's fucking horrible don't you know i know i need to, to see it. the uh yellow Summer dude i was gonna talk about that that, that movie good, is right? trippy as fuck yeah. dude that came out in oh, yeah. 67 or 68 or something like that. And literally, like, the artwork and everything is fucking insane, dude. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Did you I, guys ever see... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say I highly recommend watching that. It's a crazy fucking mm-hmm. movie. I think everyone should see that. Yeah. And um, did you guys ever watch Across the Universe, the one that was, like, a musical with no. a bunch of actors? On and the stuff? boat? I, I want to no. see that. <clears throat> no, it's, like, it's very well done. It's just a bunch of actors that are, like uh, like, professional singers that did a bunch of songs. They they made like a cool like drama movie about like hippies in the in the sixties and stuff and then all these people are singing like tracks from Beatles and it was actually it was really well done, I thought. Yeah. Um and uh yeah yeah. Yeah the Beatles are great. Uh, dude yeah. I, I actually used to be a hater. Uh, same. I yeah. Not, yeah. never never too much of a hater. Like when I first got into like rock style music, it was the Beatles. I was listening to the Beatles and like Buddy Holly and some Elvis and uh, some Roy Orbison. Um, But the Beatles were huge when I was a kid. And then as I got into other music, I started to like, as a kid, I was like, I didn't like the, the, I thought that there were better musicians than the Beatles. But um, as I got older, I was like, you know, like they're doing cool shit musically. Also, the songwriting is next level. Yeah. The fucking Beatles. So dope, dude. I, uh, I used to be a hater too. And then... My, after uh, Get Back came out, 
Uh, oh wow, you were a hater up. Until dude, I was up back. almost up until like maybe like six months before Get Back came out, and then like my coworker like got me like super into it, and then I was so I started listening to like like Revolver and Sgt. Pepper and like all that, and this is like post like doing like acid and stuff like that, and so I was like in a better mindset to like take on the Beatles. Also, when you listen to the Beatles, you have to also like think about like yourself being in that era when there like really wasn't like yeah. that style of music going on. And then you listen to like Revolver. You, you listen to fucking well. Uh, what is a uh, what is before Revolver? What is the sixty? Rubber Soul. Yeah, Rubber Soul. Uh, you listen to that fucking Revolver, Sergeant Pepper, and then like you know fucking Abbey Road, Let It Be. Like those albums are all of those are bangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then Get Back came out, and I and I was just like, dude, like they're so fucking sick. You're just like, dude, Yoko is the fucking <laughs> dude. That video of Yoko when they fucking mute her mic, uh, when he's playing with uh, <laughs> Chuck Berry. Yeah, Chuck Berry, dude, so funny. Fucking Yoko, dude, <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. Well, the what? thing about the thing about the Beatles with the LSD is like how it not only influenced their own music, but also how just by them doing psychedelics. And making music like that is what totally sparked the whole culture yeah. of music to come. Like, as soon as that hit San Francisco, it was just an explosion of psychedelic music. And then Woodstock came out of that a couple of years later. Yeah. And that. And what a great segue into our boy, Carlos Santana. <laughs> Ooh. We can't just go straight no, from the dude, Beatles we, right into Santana. But when you said Woodstock, you said Woodstock. No, I know, but I wasn't. I True. wasn't quite at Woodstock. We yet. we will get to Woodstock. Right, I do right, want right. to finish talking about you the Beatles. Woodstock. That was the first too thing fat. I thought of. Look, was Santana, respect. But we we gotta have a little like more. <laughs> yeah, dude. We will get to Santana for sure though, because that fucking that story of him playing is fucking is wild. crazy. Uh, but we're still like in like 66 right now. Right, yeah. And oh, I'm actually oh, going to backtrack doing, after this. Oh, we're doing I, timeline order? I'm sorry. Well, my bad, y'all. I just figured, I was going to do timeline order, but since we were already talking about the Beatles, let me, I, let me look I at my notes. Do let, that. Me, let me look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Well, because right, before right. Santana, because, yeah, because before Santana's performance, so, right, we have the Beatles doing it first, and then there were. Because Donovan, I think, was on a trip with them. It was Donovan. Donovan, like the hurdy, <laughs> exactly. the hurdy gurdy man, sunshine Superman. Oh, Don- sure, Donovan right. was huge in the sixties. Yeah, and yeah. then this is also like what's this was before Woodstock is when they went to India yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and, and then, Donovan like, was with them. Okay, I see. Okay, gotcha. And That's so it. then, so then he had a lot of psychedelic music coming out, and then you know, I'm pretty sure he was in San Francisco. So then it was like Jefferson Airplane, The Dead. Yeah. Um. You know, and so many other yeah, bands. Yeah, there's Country Drown the Fish. And Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I got a bunch to talk you about know. Hendrix, too. Uh, real quick, let's finish the Beatles, though, really quick. So, uh, in the summer of uh, 67, the Beatles actually denounced the drug uh, LSD. Like, they decided they were going to, like, stop doing it because they ended up, when they went to India, uh, they met uh, Maharishi Mahesh, uh, who had a yogi system of transcendental meditation. And they were like, this is, like, way better than, like, anything LSD could, like, give us. And then, like, I mean, they still had, like, occasional trips, but, like, they, like, pretty much stopped doing it, like, almost every day, like, what they had been doing. And, well, uh, that's pretty as as we've all as we've all discussed after doing LSD, you can reach an LSD like mindset through meditation. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, it's fucking really sick. I need Did, to start meditating. Didn't again. the Doors? Didn't Robbie and John, the drummer? He, they met up with that same guy and did, and Probably. they were like, they're still to this day very into the that sort of meditation. Yeah, that's fucking dope. I know Bob Weir is super into meditating and stuff too. Like, and he even like brought on like a yo- like a yoga instructor and meditation instructor like in the seventies and eight or I think in the 
eighties, maybe the seventies too, but like definitely yeah. the eighties and nineties. He like brought someone with him to like have like the band do fucking like meditation and stuff together and like teach him like shit. Yeah, yeah, and in the sick. in the Sunshine Makers uh, with the um those two guys that we were talking about last time. Um, yeah, Dutch, Tim Scully uh, and uh fucking yeah. um Nick Sand. Nick yeah. Sand, yeah. They uh I think they talk about how like they don't take it really anymore, but all they do is do yoga and meditate. And I feel like that's like it's pretty common for a lot of people where they'll like they'll do that whole like they got the message, so they hung up the phone with LSD, but then yeah. they want to continue on that mind state, so they keep you know meditating or doing yoga. It actually makes me wonder if that somewhat some of these artists piqued the interest in just like normal Americans to start doing meditation and yoga more so than like expanding their mind with psychedelics. Yeah. Because um, at one point that obviously seems to blow up over here, like all 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 sorts of people were like, "Oh, I'm going to start doing yoga and meditation, like they do in India or something." Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, like Ravi Shankar became a household name. Yep. Yeah, like yeah. the introduction of like the sitar and all that was essentially from the, like yeah. the Beatles yeah. and stuff. And George, really? Yeah, because yeah. they all got super into like learning about like like music that comes the from Stones, like Eastern yeah, culture. Yeah, the Stones yeah. too. The Stones, Paint It Black, '66. Pretty sure right. is the first number one song with a sitar yeah. on it. And then there's also uh, and then there's they also made the their only good fuck- song. No, you're absolutely dude. Wrong about <laughs> another hot dude, I know, dude. <laughs> Raven, <laughs> fucking Raven. I don't think I'm gonna mute your mic, dude. You're not allowed to talk anymore <laughs> on this podcast, dude. <laughs> Dude. It's fine. I like I like a bunch of shitty music. So I don't yeah. even think that's their best song, dude. No, not no, at all. Not at okay. all. It's pretty damn good. Though. It is pretty it's, good. It it just sounds nothing like any of their other music. I heard that song as my introduction to them, and then I listened to some of their other music, and I was like, "Is this even the same fucking band?" <clears throat> that was the uh, the first song I ever learned on the guitar, and my mom and my sister hated me for it because I had one of those little Synsonics with like a built in amp. And I'd play it fucking in the in the back of the car on car rides, and that was like yeah. just the beginning intro part. And they were so pissed off. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so now yeah. they're like Raven. They pretty much hit. Yeah, Painted Black actually in, uh, inspired one of our songs uh, somewhat. It's our. It's the song we end our set on. Uh, song we well right now we call it song five. We're thinking about actually calling it Groove Damage, like the song being called Groove Damage. I was gonna say yeah, that would be. Sick. But um, you guys mentioned that. Yeah, it's an instrumental song, and there's this there's this. Uh, guitar solo break in the middle where it's just kind of like that sitari kind of like uh tribal feel tribal like guitar solo and uh i remember when you guys came up solo, with that. it's we, just I, like the riff being kind of expanded on in a very impro- Im- improvisational way and then um we all come in after about a, f- a few measures and uh play the riff pretty heavy uh and melt your fucking face yeah like off, we dude. we didn't hear paint it black <laughs> and then copy it but like when we were jamming on it's like oh let's do that like that one sitar yeah. painted black thing yeah. we were doing there. Let's let's do something with that. Yeah, we were, we were like, oh, that has kind of like a painted painted black vibe. Is it know? is it almost kind of a lot of that like hammer on parts of like the the sound like yeah yeah yeah. I know what you're saying. It's exactly like that vibe that it has that like kind of like bouncy Indian vibe. Yeah, nice. And I actually the the bass playing on that on that song. I'm sure everyone will hear it when the song comes out. But there's a part where I. I adopt like a, another Indian influence, which is the idea of a drone, uh, a drone being the, um, the tonic note or whatever. You can pick whatever note this playing over the top of all the music playing. So like in a lot of, a lot of uh, Indian music, you'll just hear like in, in the background, you just hear, mm, you know, like the, the note is just playing and then like imp- you, they'll improvise over just that note playing by itself. And so there's a part in song five where I just am just, uh, 
I'll play the riff and then I'll just hang out on that note for like a, half a measure, you know? Yeah, that's fucking... Mm. I'm trying to remember what part of that. Is that in like... Is it after that whole uh, part in the middle or is it before that? It's towards the beginning. That's what I... Okay. It's towards the beginning. I'll play it for you and yeah. you'll see. For sure. Um, but yeah. It, Fuck yeah. Yeah. That song is insane. Awesome. You've seen that song live? Like I sent that fucking... Uh, meme of the fucking mosh pit thing, dude. <laughs> dude yeah. When they break down in that middle part, because literally the only person playing is the guitar, and then it's like such this like build up of tension that when they yeah. finally come back in, like you literally feel like your soul like leave your body, and you're just like, yeah. like you just want to like the, run into a wall, dude. The solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, if we play what, not if, when the time comes that we could play a festival in front of, you know, we can play in front of a large group of people. Yeah. Even if they've never fucking heard of us before, when we get when we get to do that song from a crowd that the energy we're gonna is gonna break the next. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've had we've had we've it's had gonna be bands. mosh pits. There's gonna be yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say we've had bands open for us, and they're like on the mic saying, "Open up some pits, open up some pits." But when we when we play that song, song five, we don't ask. We don't say do shit. It. It's there's no. It's an instrumental yeah. song, and pits just start opening up. It's the craziest yeah. feeling ever. I, I zone out when we play live, so a lot of times I'll, like, I'll look up and I'll see what's going on in the audience. I'm like, what the hell is going on out there? Yeah. <laughs> what was that place yeah. that you guys played uh, when you opened for whatever that fucking one The first was? show we ever did? Yeah, dude. There's just a mosh pit that just happened yeah. in, like, yeah. out of nowhere in the middle of My that. My homie got crazy. rocked in that mosh pit. Wait, really? Yeah. Ooh. yeah. My homie Matt got fucking Oh, no shit. My, my hair oh, was all damn. in my face. I was playing drums when that drop came in, but then... Then I kind of could see through my hair for a second, and I moved it and saw the fucking mosh yeah. pit. Yeah, and I was just—I I remember just saying to myself, "Fuck yeah, yeah." Dude, <laughs> like while I'm playing, dude, I was like, Fuck "I'm the yeah. fucking best." Dude. We, we played this song. One of our last times we played this song. Remember, there were like kids jumping off the roof and shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, when you guys in yeah. fucking uh, Santa Barbara. Yeah. yeah, dude, I still gotta go one of those shows. And it was like in a backyard. There was du- there was like dust getting like it looked like a fucking like a uh, smoke. Fucking yeah. machine was going up. It was just like kids moshing in the dust. Dude, that's so fucking yeah. sick. Yeah, that song goes hard as fuck. It's crazy. Um, oh, actually, really quick, just speaking of which, do you guys have someone that uh, you, uh, someone would have to reach out to to be able to book you guys um, for festivals? Or would it just be any of you? We're not like at that level yet. Right. We're like working our way to that. We're, um, we're trying to get like a circuit of hometown shows right now to build a buzz. I was thinking it'd be really cool to have you guys up here for that local festival that just happened, um, Ohm on the Range. One of our homies, Travis, uh, who is going under the alias Soul Disciple, he played there, and uh, oh, it's nice. definitely going to happen again. He uh, was on the podcast year. too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was the on the Nicotine episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let us know the details of that. We'll definitely look into it. For sure, yeah. yeah that would be, be fucking sick. crazy. Um, Hell yeah. Anyway, fucking, yeah, that's basically what I got for the Beatles. Uh, oh, yeah, one more thing. Uh, Keith Richards' first time, since we were talking about the Stones. Love the Beatles. Oh. Dude, no, his first time doing LSD, he was with John Lennon, and his house got raided by the police. Damn. Yeah, oh like, my someone, God. someone, and someone knocked on the door, and because that was like during his like drug period where like police were like constantly raiding his house and like always watching him and shit. And uh, so someone knocked on the front door, and he just opened it and, <laughs> and then turned around and walked away because he was just like, oh, it's probably just one of our friends, like whatever, like, just, and was just high. And then the police just like walked in and were just like, uh, what's up, guys? And then he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's like, not, that's worst case scenario. Absolutely worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, so that's fucked. 
because <laughs> people people always uh, like get paranoid on LSD or even weed sometimes too. But like they yeah. think the cops are going to come over to their house. And imagine yeah. if this actually happens, you'd be like, "Oh, this isn't actually happening. There's no way." Yeah, this is, this is I, all. I know. Trip. So, I know someone that that happened to like way back in the day. They're doing acid, and yeah, getting all paranoid um, for some reason. They're like hanging in this apartment, and then. You know, he this guy looks through the window and he he sees from a distance the police and he's trying to tell his friends the cops are outside. They're like, "Dude, you're just is this you're me? All, no, no. Like, all right, dude, always, <laughs> always paranoid, always paranoid. You know, and they're like, "Dude, no, that the cops are outside. We have all these drugs. Cops are outside. You know, we got stolen like guitars in here and everything. Yikes. Anyways, boom, door kicks." kicks in no one no so right before that the guy he's freaking out none of his friends are listening he goes into the bathroom and starts flushing all the the drugs next thing you know while he's doing that in the bathroom the the whole window and the door get broken through and the cops raid the whole place god damn jeez did they get in any trouble for anything like the stolen stuff or drugs at all i've uh yeah yeah they did wow that's fucking crazy who wait i don't even know yeah, undisclosed name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know this guy. I think I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. That sounds like fucked. a that sounds like a really bad recipe for a trip. Is like you you've got all this fucking illegal shit on top of drugs in a state that's not like decriminalized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. You know, you take acid. Oh, I can't imagine. I that mean, I doubt. Though. You know, I doubt they knew that the other shit was stolen, but just the drugs alone, like. It, oh yeah. But at least he flushed. I'm sure there was still some stuff that didn't get flushed. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Anyway, also just imagine be tripping and that's happening, dude. Yeah, that's like again worst case scenario, <laughs> dude. That's yeah. fucking crazy. Um. Well, anyway, I think this is the time where we circle back, talk about MK Ultra. You guys yeah. love that guy. Control. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, what he did for our country. Second, their second album, insane. <laughs> dude, I got I got a first pressing MK Ultra, dude. <laughs> fucking so crazy. Uh, do you guys are you guys familiar with MK Ultra? Not like I've heard it and I've heard bits about it, but I'm, if you asked me to give you a whole presentation, I would be missing Same. important details. <laughs> For sure. No worries, it's all good. Uh, we briefly CIA. mentioned it, and yeah, basically, I mean, yeah, uh, it's essentially uh, in the late fifties, early sixties, during um, like the Cold War, kind of the beginning of the Cold War. Uh, the um, United States had somehow figured out that or they thought that the russians were trying to make a mind control drug and so they were like or that basically you could like you know give someone this drug and then like hit like hypnotize them and give them whatever fucking yeah whatever mind control like scenario you wanted uh and so uh the u.s was like all right like we need to figure out what drug that can be so when lsd was created in 1943 right that's correct raven 1943 yeah sure uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the drug. I don't, I don't have it. Wasn't right. You said it. 1943. What's that? That's when he first he, he first experienced it. 1943. But then oh, it was but 1938 that he made it. That he synthesized it. it. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Initially. That's what it was. Okay. So anyway, so um, no one really even knew about it until you know briefly after 1943. Uh, but then the the U.S. started testing. Like they figured out about this drug and they started like doing experiments on people essentially. Where they would just give people acid and like see what would happen and see if they could do like use that as a mind control drug. And so there were a lot of these like like um the basically the main dude um Sidney Gottlieb was like the head of like that part of the CIA. Yeah. And was just like, all right, like just gave bought the entire world's like I said this in the last episode, but like bought the entire world's like acid 
like supply that as like as much as he could buy. Yeah. And then basically gave it to a bunch of different like medical facilities and like psychiatrists and all this and was just like it give this so, to patients. So uh, much yeah. more than that. Even Absolutely, they were yeah. they were making these contraptions that would they would try to oxidize or uh oxygenate the LSD to be able to be spreadable within the air. And they would yeah. drive around in these cars with this machine fitted to the exhaust pipe and use the exhaust heat to pretty much make it into an aerosol to go out into the public and yep. get the whole public high just by driving around these cars in oh, New York. Oh, sick. Yeah. They would do all kinds <laughs> of fucking whack shit. Yeah, and they would also would dose, like, people in the CIA, like, just, like, people at their in their offices and shit like that, like, just see what would happen. Mm. People would, like, jump out of windows and, uh, yeah, freak out. Yeah, it's fucked. Right. What, and when was this? The 40s? Uh, this so, was, like, like 60s, late 50s, early 60s. Oh, so that's why the music was starting to get good then. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. So then, so uh, they had all these basically like, uh, there were these like volunteer programs uh, where they would like volunteer, but they would like pay you as well, like paid volunteers uh, to go in and experiment like on any of these drugs and stuff like that. So Stanford had this, uh, you know, this program that they were doing at the uh, Menlo Park Veterans Hospital. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ken Kesey or, you know, Robert Hunter. The what, one flew over the, the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, so. so Ken Kesey wrote one flew over the cuckoo's nest mm-hmm. and was like in charge of like if you've heard of the acid test, right? With the, of course, with the yeah. Grateful Dead. Yeah, so he was like in charge of like creating all that with his like band of people called the Merry Pranksters. Uh, it just that would just like they were huge like, acid heads and shit. And they had like a bus, right? That they all lived in and traveled. In. Yeah, it's called yeah. Further. And so yeah. during when they were doing the acid test, which I'll get into in a little bit. Uh, they basically just like painted, they fitted this bus to have like beds and like a grill in there to cook and then like painted it all these like trippy colors and shit and called it further. And then they just traveled around the United States because this is before LSD was illegal. And so they would just travel around and just give people acid and shit like that, like all over the United States. That's where Purple Haze, uh, the, the song Purple Haze. Yeah. Well, the Purple Haze was a nickname for this, the, the one of the guys that the dead were friend with who was. Making it, yeah, making yeah, LSD. Yeah, it was called Purple Haze. Yep. And so there's like a bunch of different reasons why what Hendrix is singing about and where that name came from. But I'm pretty sure Phil Lesh just says it in the book. It's just about that acid. Like he did that. He did Purple Haze. I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain. I've heard some was like, oh, dude, Hendrix was like in this bathroom and he like the light was purple and it was foggy and. Yeah, there's a lot of different fucking things, and it's it's, you don't you're never gonna know either because he's fucking dead. So it's like you can't just go ask him. Could have been purple. Yeah, but it works with the timeline, and it's like this was the best LSD at the time. It's called Purple Haze, and then Purple Haze the song comes out right after. Exactly, he probably did that. Yep. Yeah, another hot take. Raven doesn't like Jimi Hendrix. What? I n- I've never said that. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> you fucker. Yeah, yeah, no, I was a hit piece. No, <laughs> you have actually said that you don't. You're not. A, you don't think he's that. I said great of a no, 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 sorry, no, 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 you're so what, wrong. What I said, <laughs> I said that I don't Let listen to speak. him, and I don't love Jimi Hendrix. I don't listen to him, but I can appreciate how good he is at guitar. I don't think you've ever said that once to me. <laughs> that is exactly what I've said. I'm, all right. Yeah. yeah You're whatever. just trying to fucking. <laughs> nah, dude. I've, I've literally like dude, shown him. Here instigating, bro. I've this put, information. I've, I've put on Hendrix Charlemagne records. Charlemagne the God. I've, I've put on Fake Hendrix news. records around Raven. And he's Who just like, sisters? eh, this is all right. It's like Shannon and Skip Bayless. <laughs> it's not for me, dude. <laughs> what if during all of raven's hot takes all this then then his phone goes off like it starts ringing it's like they'll never be royal <laughs> 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 oh, we gotta answer this 
that. Honestly, that would surprise me because Raven listens to a lot of like black metal and punk music. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I almost say. shouted out a song earlier called MK Ultra, and I was like, nah, and then you will like it. So I'm just not gonna. <laughs> I, I used to You're think like that Raven not. only knew a hundred songs. <laughs> if you go on a car ride with Raven, the three hours to the destination, it's gonna be the same playlist. If you go well, back no, three hours, true. same playlist. No, 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 no. It's just that they all sound the same. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it's also that's a better point. So all the three, Dude, the same three chords. I, I used to have a really short playlist. It was all different bands, but if you played it in in order, it would sound like it's all the same band with a really long song, but it was all different bands and different songs. Yeah, uh, uh, that makes sense, actually. I, right, I apologize know. for uh, my uh, my myth. I think we just bored them. They had to look at their notes really quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just needed yeah. a little rejuvenation, dude. <laughs> a little dopamine kick. <laughs> like, how do we get back on track? True. Um, so anyway, um, so we're talking about MK Ultra. So uh, this program they had at Stanford, they basically... Uh, like would like let people come in and try these like you know they would experiment on these people they put you in a room and they would give you whatever psychedelic usually lsd and then see like what happened essentially and would like take your blood every few hours and just kind of like monitor you and see what was going on and so ken kesey the dude who wrote one flew over the cuckoo's nest i don't know if you've seen the movie or read the book nah, but great movie's, movie yeah movie's great I haven't read the book i would ball um, them up though you would what i would ball them up what do you mean on that court Oh, <laughs> no, so they, you know, the, the place that they, uh, the psychiatrist or whatever, or the, whatever, the, the mental hospital they were at, mm-hmm. that was filmed, that was in Salem, right? Uh, is that correct, Mike? I believe. Yeah. And it's actually still a hospital. It's been renovated a bit. Um, but it's, it's still a mental hospital. Uh, it's not necessarily like a, you know, the type of place that you go to when you've murdered someone and they're going to put you in there, but it is uh, a place for, um, people to seek treatment and actually spend a, a pretty penny, you know? Um, but it's a really, it's a beautiful building right in it's the middle huge. of Salem. And Salem's like the, the capital of Oregon. I think that's probably why it's here. Yeah. Because it was initially the state hospital. That is where people were sent. You got like were... people outside the front taking selfies with the building. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my mom, my probably, mom used to say, actually. when my mom was like 16 and, and working at a restaurant there, she would uh, have to walk past it, you know, to get home at nighttime. And uh, she said that there was always like definitely weird sounds. And I, I'd... You know, maybe she's crazy, right? But like, <laughs> uh, during the '90s, I think there were still uh, institutions being um, used for like murderers and stuff. And so, it's kind of scary to think of. And then at one point, all those people that were there, once we stopped doing that type of institutionalization, they were just let out into Oregon. And I feel like that's yeah, probably where homeless. a lot of the people in Portland. Yeah, exactly. A lot of them uh, are homeless. That explains um, a lot. Yeah, about Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> True. It does explain a lot about Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Have you guys spent any time in Portland? Yeah, we bit. talked about this yeah. uh, then the, that one episode. You would know <laughs> if you. Uh, <laughs> I also have a terrible memory. Yeah. No, you guys. Like you went through and listened to it and stuff. Um, no, yeah, because the they I'm, I'm joking, was it way. last New Year's? Yeah, they're fucking with you. Yeah, ske- sketchy motel. Just the bridges were nice. Well, uh, the <laughs> dude, bridges were nice. Yeah, Nick gets bricked up for bridges, dude. <laughs> hey, if you thought the bridges were dope, that's that's yeah. good. That means something. And the basketball yeah, arena looked nice. As long as you don't yeah. go downtown. Oh, you guys or went North to Portland. a Blazers game? Or South Florida? No, no, but just we kind of drove East right Florida. by it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that stadium's dope. That's where uh, the fir- one of the first Dead & Company shows, I think, was. Oh, fuck um, yeah. That's sick. Um, yeah. yeah. Portland, so with Portland with MK Ultra, mm-hmm. did any... Uh, what are some of the craziest stories? People must have lost their mind, right? Yeah. Do- so, dosed them way too much. So this is... uh. So the reason I brought this whole all up is because Ken Kesey was a volunteer there, or like like was in some of those tests. And so was Robert Hunter, the lyricist for The Grateful Dead. 
And so um, Robert Hunter said that the first week they took LSD, the second week they took mescaline, the third week they took psilocybin, and the fourth week they took all three at the same time. Oh, shit. Jesus. And dude, that must have been fucked. <laughs> uh, yeah. And basically, like, all he said was that uh, they, like, they were very, very high-quality drugs. Like, in the interview that I read uh, from him. That's some good shit, man. <laughs> I bet you anything, too. The doses were just blown out of proportion because like absolutely as we know like there's cross tolerance between all those so by the second week even taking mescaline you'd probably end up not getting a similar effect Um, yeah you they they were probably just hella dosing these people oh definitely yeah well yeah and a lot of times it was iv too well i i guess like last week we learned that iv isn't actually a better way to take lsd yeah but I mean, for things like mescaline and psilocybin, I'm sure it is. And I just remember that I think the the CIA and MK Ultra was actually like they they weren't just giving like basic hundred microgram, two hundred microgram doses. It was a lot of the times very very high, not yeah. enjoyable for most people. Yeah, dude. Because even Robert Hunter said that he tried to leave one time. He was like, "Oh, dude, it would be dope to go outside." Tried to leave, and they were like, "No, you can't do that." And like just locked him in a room for the rest of the time. I was like, "That's got to fucking suck, Damn. dude." Well, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, there was weird shit that they were doing where they were um, putting people in solitary confinement type situations just while they were high as balls and then wanting to see what would happen when they came out. Yeah, Um, that's fucking horrible. That's how my mom used to punish me. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, I wish I had a mom. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, (laughs) dude, your mom listens to this, dude. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Aren't there stories that during the MKUltra test, it'd be like maybe towards the beginning, they'd, they'd give the, you know... The person some acid and then I think I heard at one time like this one guy just started like crying or just having like the time of his life and, and at the time they're like what is going on with this guy yeah uh I think <laughs> fuck I'm trying to remember because there's a uh, there's there's stories about it and stuff and that's kind of what the beginning of uh pineapple express is based on yeah uh which is like that's cannabis and stuff but it's like it's still like similar like that's kind of like roughly what it's based on and stuff basically them just like testing stuff but he just like he basically just like smokes weed and he's like just starts like running around doing all sorts of shit and is like, all like fucking high and shit and I, I think there's as well like another story of uh someone like what you were just saying like is full on like crying and like having a meltdown and like having this crazy spiritual experience and they're just like do whoa do any well, of you oh, what were you gonna say I just was gonna say that there's audio and video clips. I'm not sure if they're from the MK Ultra ones, but there's some funny clips of like way back in the day. They're all black and white, and it's got that terrible, you know, old school audio sound. And it's like some guy <clears throat> who's like, you know, tripping out, like going through all these different emotions. And then like, the, the there's just a researcher there, like very plain face, just like you know, yeah. taking the notes and asking him how he's feeling. And you could just, it, I think they were some of the first studies. There's even one with a female where. A lot of people put these in their like electronic music songs. Just the audio sample of like her being like, "Oh, and I and I opened my eyes and it was all beautiful. Everything was is finally beautiful." And then she asks the researcher, "Have have you ever seen this before? Like how beautiful like life is or whatever?" And then he's just like, "No. How do you feel?" <laughs> Jeez, oh my god! <laughs> like dude, stay on topic, oh, dude. I would be so pissed. He looks at his watch. He's like, you're wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, that is like the intro of Pineapple Express. When the dude's all yeah. smoking the joint, he's like... Yeah, dude, that's a great movie. Is there any involvement with Aldous Huxley and the MKUltra? Or he was just into psychedelics at the same time, like in Mescaline? Yeah, so Aldous Huxley, I think... No, he... Fuck, I'm trying to remember. Was he... 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know either. It's fine. Though. Xbox uh, controller. Oh shit, was it? Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I think he was kind of similar to like a Hunter S. Thompson. Well, I thought he was, was friends with big... Leary, with Timothy Leary. I think he. Well, they were both professors. Yeah, at Harvard, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Huxley was like a very, very renowned author in yeah. his work. And, uh, Doors of Perception, which is about masculine. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, Island and Brave New World. And uh, Let me just... Uh, because I know that Aldous Huxley, when he died, his last wish before he died was that to do acid again. Yeah. Oh, you're and right. And his wife yep. was like standing bedside with him while he was doing it. Yeah, Mikey, you were yeah. right when we were talking about this. It was only 100 micrograms. That's what I thought. And it was IV. I'm pretty sure um, yeah. she actually pushed the plunder. Um, exactly, his wife yeah. did? Yeah, yeah his wife sure shot him up with it because he wanted her to. So dope. Right? Yeah, it's um, fucking amazing. That's so awesome. I, I'm like, hell yeah, dude. So many people say the thing of like, oh, if I was going to die, I'd want to get like really high on heroin or something right before I die for like ooh, <laughs> super big euphoria. And it's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still on that train. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is technically, that's like the assisted suicide, or the assisted, like, yeah, suicide that I think physicians do is they just give you tons of morphine and you just fall asleep feeling really good. Yeah. Well, it's like before you can even say how good the fentanyl is, you just die. (laughs) Like, this shit is so... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Narcan, I don't know where, boom. Ah! (laughs) I didn't die, fuck. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I can't find, uh, I'm trying to figure this out about Aldous Huxley and if he went to, how he was introduced to fucking LSD. Um, not sure, but anyway. I don't know, but how was Ken Kesey introduced by the MKL? Oh yeah. So anyway, so he, yeah, definitely. He talks about it. Uh, and, uh, it's funny because. Was that before he was a hippie? Sorry. Uh. Before Merry Pranksters and stuff? Yeah. So yeah, this is before he met all them and stuff. And so he. Uh, he moved. He actually grew up in Springfield, Oregon, and then moved down to San Francisco to be because uh, he got a job. Um, or he got he got not a job. He got um into a program like a writing program at Stanford, and so he moved to Palo Alto, and then was basically like already trying to like open up his mind and stuff like that, and was like trying to like get like more into like his consciousness and everything, and uh, and then he like set, like. Basically, he heard about these experimentations that they were having at Stanford and, like, about, like, uh, you know, um, drugs that can, like, open your mind and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, uh, it's what they were, like, telling. to mention, is right next to Eugene, which is, right. like, the trippiest town in Oregon. Yeah, it's, like, the, one yeah. of the hippie capitals of the West Coast besides, like, San Francisco. Really? And there's yeah. also, there's a statue of him and his son, Zane Kesey, in Kesey Square, which is right in the downtown, heart of downtown. And there's yeah. also... Keezy Theater, yeah, yeah. Keezy Productions that puts on all the shows. Yeah, yeah, if y'all know, if y'all know Nancy's yogurt, that's his wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, just, I just shout so out. He's like the hometown hero. Yeah, yeah. He put yeah. a lot of money oh, yeah. into like uh, in there. He went, he went to the University of Oregon, went to like Springfield High School and stuff. And uh, yeah, dude's crazy. So oh, this guy's part, lit. yeah, part of why the Grateful Dead has such an influence at Oregon Country Fair, Vanita, Oregon. Yeah, um, in the seventies, I believe was well, um, yeah. So that uh, record, Nick has that uh, of Sunshine Daydream, which is like a crazy expensive record now because it's like sold out. And uh, they only fucking, made what, like thirty five hundred? I think so. Yeah, Jeez. and it goes for like Holy it goes fuck. for like hundreds of dollars for like the box set. Like it's fucking crazy expensive. Yeah, I got it. I got it for a decent price right before it kind of blew up. Damn. Yep. It's yeah, go, it goes for like six hundred dollars right now. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I I want it so bad, but yeah, we'll have to spend that soon. 
Um, but yeah, so um, Kesey put on that whole the Sunshine Daydream Festival where they that basically movie that they did. Uh, Kesey was like in charge of like mainly in charge of like putting that on. That was like a thing that him and the pranksters like put together, uh, which is pr- pretty dope. But yeah, so Kesey uh, ended up like just background on the pranksters. He basically. <laughs> He says he liberated LSD from uh, the MK Ultra experiences experiments. So I don't know how he how he fucking stole LSD from them, but Put he it did. Under his tongue and spit it out. Like <laughs> his feet I'm pretty sure. I heard it. it. <laughs> I heard it was so reckless. Like the people that were working at the CIA were just dosing each other up yeah. because there was so much LSD around. Yeah, it was, it was like yeah. Sandoz LSD gotcha. too. Yeah, like so he probably just hey Jim, he probably the went coffee, to the break huh? room and just grabbed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's very colorful. <laughs> yeah, like True. they probably just left a bunch of it out on the counter and he just yeah. threw it in his pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that or, or he found right. like a document that says how how do you make this? Did he ever make it? No, no. Oh, he never made it. No, he he, 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 he just got like his hands on it because LC is actually like pretty. Aaron had to look at his notes again. Must be insanely complicated. Yeah, well, it's like it's like it's a pretty hard thing to like like Mike knows more about this than I do but isn't it like a it's a pretty hard like chemical to make like it's not just basic chemistry like yeah, no, it's not. The, it's not like bathtub meth. One of the guys no, but, who yeah. got caught for making it, William Leonard Pickard, uh, he had a giant compound with. When they raided it, said it was complete state of the art technology and like lab equipment to make LSD. Well, yeah, because the majority not, of the LSD today is like bathtub shit. Compared to well, how well, it still is no. compared to how pure it used to be though. Uh, back then. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It still you has have to, to be a ma- pretty yeah. high high level chemist to be able to make it. You can't just like throw it together for the most part. I'm sure there is still There's definitely some like shittier shitty. acid, and that's where all those. Remember when I was mentioning? Um, you guys may have not heard this yet, but maybe you've heard these terms in the Grateful Dead family. Um, there's like terms for different uh, batches of LSD. There's like white fluff, needlepoint. Um, you know, all these things. Yeah, and I I've think a lot terms. of that, yeah. So a lot of that actually refers to the potency. And so like, or like how clean it is. Or, but that's kind of the thing. Yeah, if, yeah, if you made, if you made 93% LSD, that means you have 7% byproducts that right. are just hanging out and they're inactive. They're not even drugs and they're not necessarily bad for you. It's just now that if you take a hundred micrograms of 93%, you're not going to feel as good as if you like as strong as if you were to take that 100 micrograms of 99%. Yeah. And the thing is, there's definitely, there is definitely LSD out there that's just hanging out at 99%. And most of the Grateful Dead family LSD is that. Um, it's just fully pure. There's nothing like adulterated or wrong with it. But there's definitely younger people, especially chemists that graduate like their masters, and then they find glass equipment and they find precursors and they want to start doing it and selling it. And that totally happens. It's like, especially over in other states where there's, like we have so much LSD on this West Coast because of San Francisco, LA, Portland, Eugene, even but, California. Yeah, but you go out to the Midwest. There's definitely going to be people that are interested in making it who want to sell it, but have never been exposed to it before, and so they're probably going to be pushing out, you know, that ninety three percent or maybe even lower than that LSD. And so, yeah. even uh, even in the the famous speech at Woodstock, we mentioned Woodstock earlier. The uh, the uh, country Joe who came out and was just like, "Don't take the brown acid or whatever." Uh, he was just country like, in, Joe. "Country Joe and the Fish, dude." Yeah, they're, they're fucking pimping. sick ass band. Yeah. Um. So he came out and was like on stage, and he was just he's like, he's like, "Yeah, it, not, we're not saying that it's like not 
like acid or it's gonna kill you. It's just like like we're from San Francisco, man. Like we know good acid, and this is not good acid. Like just mm-hmm. if you want to have a good time, like don't take the brown acid. And if you've already taken it, don't freak out. It's just not as good as the other acid <laughs> and stuff. And it's just like just goes to show that like in San Francisco, they were just fucking spoiled by like the acid that they had available because in which I'll get into in a little bit was essentially because of Owsley, like Tim Scully, like all these fucking famous chemists who made like all these different batches of, of LSD that were just so fucking potent. Uh, it, it was crazy. And uh, they get, like, we, we were Summer very spoiled love. of it. Yeah, exactly. 67, dude. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of wanted to bring up then this this whole bathtub acid and whatnot. It is that, that myth of, um, have you guys ever heard the strychnine contamination being like in LSD? I haven't. Like, no. A lot of people used to think that strychnine... <clears throat> which is like a very poisonous toxin, uh, was being put or adulterated into LSD. Like tons of people are under this assumption that this was possible. And I guess it was because Albert Hoffman actually wrote that one time in an analysis of a powder sample, uh, it turned out to be nothing but strychnine when it was thought to be LSD. And so a ton of people ended up thinking that they would consider it like bathtub acid. They're like, oh, the bad stuff feels like someone made it with just amphetamines laying around or strychnine laying around. And it turned out that all the LSD throughout like 10 years that had ever been analyzed never found any strychnine whatsoever. So it is likely that people had felt like bad acid, which may have just been, you know, not synthesized very well, um, was making them feel like, oh, it's, you know, it's got all these toxins and all these other things, but really it's just bad acid. Um, And I think that I I know from some older people in my family and friend groups that do say this, they still believe that strychnine was in there because they will mention like, oh, bad acid was like this very speedy and like, you know, uh, back pain inducing trip that was just wow. indi- indicative of bad acid. And I've been surprised that by that because I've actually truly never had bad acid. I've had weak acid. But at the the end of the day, I've what I've always felt like I've experienced has just been LSD when, you know, when taking it. Um, and the other thing is, is it's always like situation dependent. So I feel like a lot of people could think that you know, because of the experience they had, they're like, oh, it must be bad. Yeah. Because I had a hard time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's weird. It's all the fucking crazy mess. And um, that's good that you, that you, uh, said something about that. Uh, I was reading that fucking book that you, that you pulled up. Uh, that, that shit's fucking crazy dope. Shout out Powell's yeah. books for, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to tangent, but sh- I just was thinking books. like, because it had something to do with the bathtub <laughs> thing and the fact that we didn't really mention that that's a big, big myth, um, that I'm glad that you guys didn't know of. Cause it seems to be that it's going away. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's fantastic that it is going away. Well, I think we mentioned it in the last episode that there are drugs that, you know, shitty chemists can make out of household cleaning supplies or uh, chemicals that you could find relatively easily. And acid is luckily not one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then there was a lot of drugs passed off as acid, which we talked about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. definitely. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so anyway, I want to get back to the MK Ultra thing, Ken Kesey. Uh, so he when he stole that fucking acid from the fucking Stanford lab, uh, he ended up making his own famous chili, which was fucking venison, which is deer, and yeah. uh, he would fucking put LSD in his chili, in this venison <laughs> chili, <laughs> and that was his like famous chili. And so he would have the, these like gatherings at his home with his like parties and stuff like that and just have a bunch of people over and then would like serve this chili they'd all get high as fuck and like the people that would come to these parties was fucking hunter s thompson like neil cassidy who drove the further bus uh and that's uh actually that book jack kerouac on the road is based like the character is based on fucking neil cassidy this dude is crazy he like drove the bus like fucking 60 miles an hour like through fucking san francisco like ripping down fucking hills and shit like (laughs) dude's a fucking menace (laughs) uh but also really cool 
uh, Allen Ginsberg, the poet, and uh, a bunch of Hell's Angels people. So uh, he would throw these parties just with a bunch of dudes and get them all high? Yeah, basically. <laughs> they what all... was the ratio? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what are we talking here? I have no idea, but I would probably no say shorties? like 70-30 most likely of dudes to... You invite, you invite all the bros over and just get them tripping? Well, it's basically. Probably after they did the acid, they probably realized that at the end of this... <laughs> Where the bitches at? One of his homies like, yo, this this ass is really good, man. What'd you put in it? He's like, I don't know, man. I think we should all get naked, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this does seem like quite the sausage fest. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a good point. I've never actually it, thought about that. <laughs> the homie Ryan said invited all the Hells Angels. All of them. I didn't say all of them. <laughs> all the bros. Nah, some of them, dude. We got Big Dick Daryl over there. <laughs> <in> the <corner. laughs> No, one eye Willie over here. <laughs> what if one of the Hells Angels was like having like this like uh, foreshadowing while he's tripping? He's like, "You guys, I think we're gonna like beat this guy to death at a Rolling Stone show." <laughs> hey, shut up! You're always paranoid. We love the Stones. Yeah, yeah man, take your clothes off, man. <laughs> Why are your pants still on, yeah, yeah. Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, weren't the Hells Angels known for uh, being pretty violent at some of the shows? With like having to deal with those dead riots and like well a lot of, yeah a lot of times they were pretty chill though unless, yeah unless okay. people just bumped into them then they're you know gonna <laughs> knock them out I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up but like I don't know too much about it but I heard a story today forgetting where I heard it but um that the bass player for Fish like <laughs> took yo fuck Fish you know check, check this out he like took this nine year old girl oh Jesus wow backstage somewhere and was like alone with her in like this shack uh, taking photos of her. Oh no. And no. Uh, yeah we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna no, have no, to fact, gonna have to fact and fact I think the girl this, I think the girl was like yeah definitely fact check this this th th I think the girl was like the daughter of somebody in the Grateful Dead and the Hells Angels like got this guy and um put the beat down on him. Dang. You know what? So I actually could see. I wonder if this this is what people have been referring to because I actually saw this recently that people are posting and being like, "Yeah, no, seriously, fuck fish," because anyone that's still listening to them and supporting them is just breezing over the fact that they are pedophiles. And yeah. I was like, "Huh, I've never heard this claim before," and I didn't look into it because I was just like, "Yeah, fuck fish." Yeah, but I don't like either of these fucking bands, so no harm <laughs> on my. Oh my god. I mean, I hope that little girl's okay. This also happened, like, I think, like, 20 years ago, so she's probably... I mean, I see this, that Fish bassist Mike Gordon was arrested at uh, child endangerment there after he was found with a nine-year-old girl secluded in a secluded bathhouse. Yeah. Oh, dude, fuck that's that, dude. fucking that's oh, well, wild. You look at the, the, the fans seems... are like, dude, but but on, like, 1992 at Madison Square Garden, they did, like, a 37-minute cover of All Along the Watchtower. Dude, they modulated <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is fucked. Yeah, your story is 100% true. He dude. was taking, quote-unquote, art photos of the girl oh um, my god yeah it's fucked up see nope. I, I stand by this fuck fish dude i've been on the fuck fish train before <laughs> yeah. i even knew about this dude i knew someone was up with that with those yeah. guys dude yeah what's weird too is that a lot of fish heads are like they they're kind of like holier than thou they think they're like better than like the hippies you know because like it's, it's a lot of the times it's like middle-aged 40 year old men who work at like a tech job yeah. and then they go out to fish shows on the summer and think that yeah. they're hot shit yeah according to the police the uh leader of the hell's angels who dealt with them before the police got there uh, the police said dealt that they them. were not gentle with the sensitive areas of the rock star's body Ooh. <laughs> that's the one Ooh, way to put it they chopped his dick off right oh, nice 
That'd be cool. I, I doubt they so. chopped it off. I bet they fucking grabbed a baseball bat straight to it or something. Yeah. Put it in a little yeah. He probably can't have kids ever yeah. after that. He probably they can't go near one a fucking ball off. elementary school or fucking daycare. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, he's, well, on, he's, on, he's on that Megan's Law list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, crazy. it is crazy to think about like how, you know, on the Janis Joplin album with the uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, Cheap yeah. Thrills, the... Um, Hell's, Ang- Hell's Angels San Francisco uh, logo is on the bottom right. Yeah, well, it's because they did security for the Grateful Dead. And uh, the actually, you, uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of Ramrod, the dude who was like one of the big fucking roadies for the dead. He was a Hell's, a Hell's Angel. Yeah, yeah. And so like that's how they're linked together is that dude and the Hell's Angels. Like he was in the Hell's Angels, became a roadie for the dead. And then they would do like security for the dead. And that's like at that Rolling Stones show where, the, where they beat that guy to death. Uh, they, the Stones hit up the Grateful Dead and were like, I know like you guys have put on all these shows and like stuff like that. So we're just going to trust you guys to like handle all the security, mm-hmm. which was the Hell's Angels. So at this fucking, um, Altamont Speedway, uh, show, uh, <laughs> this dude fucking like knocked over one of their bikes or like knocked over yeah, some and bikes wasn't it raining and it all muddy everywhere and just i don't like think it was rain well it, muddy right it was muddy people were like taking was, mud baths right you might be right about that i'm not i'm not sure and it was just this total chaotic thing people were probably like running up to the stage and then i think yeah knocked over the bike yeah this dude basically was all probably high on acid probably like fucking running around and mm-hmm. like knocked into one of their bikes did something whatever and then they freaked out and like started like beating the shit out of him and then i guess he pulled a knife or something like that or pulled a like pulled a gun or something he pulled something that they were like probably not a gun probably nah, a, i think it was a knife. Said he was naked knife. uh i don't know if he was naked <laughs> I, oh, so I, just I think heard you that. just made that, up. I just, I just heard that. <laughs> that's how Aaron's but as naked hell like, like, you, you said, you said he had a big dick you said he had a big dick you said somebody was running around in the mud and I was like he had to be naked how many Viagra pills was he on there's no way this guy had socks on and he was running in the mud No. so this guy was knocking at people with his brick let's get back into this famous chili situation yeah we could edit all this so no this is all staying in yeah the famous chili heavy on the sausage so yeah, so uh, these Puts Viagra in the chili. <laughs> Jesus. So Viagra so, and acid. So Jerry and Phil, the guitar player and bass player of the Dead, uh, one of the guitar players, uh, they they would go to these gatherings a lot and hang out and shit with Kesey. And so these these gatherings are what essentially turned into the acid tests. And so oh. you would take you would take LSD at his house, and there would be like these like flashing strobe lights and tape loops, and sometimes the Grateful Dead would play like if they weren't too fucking high on acid because everyone would take acid and like fucking just wild out and so ken kesey ended up buying like a cabin out in the woods like 15 miles like out like outside of like palo alto and uh they fucking would just it was like in the redwoods they would just like take acid and like have this whole field and everything all these people would be out dancing doing whatever Mm -hmm. like tripping out and they would like I said in the last episode, they would hide speakers like in the fucking trees. They would paint the trees all psychedelic and shit. Hide speakers in the trees and just play like random sounds out of the fucking trees, and people would just be like, tripped the fuck out. Damn. Yeah, oh, this was the original Burning Man. This is the yeah, exactly. Uh, and so between 1965 and 66, Kesey and the Merry Pranksters would fucking oh yeah. So the Merry Pranksters were basically these people like that would like go to these gatherings that became friends with Kesey, like a close like group with them. And so he called them like the Merry Pranksters. Mm-hmm. Like that was like his like group and shit. And so between 1965 and 1966, before acid was illegal, they would put on these fucking shows 
uh, that were called the acid test, where they would basically just you walk it, in and you would get a tap, yeah, yeah, you would get acid, and then you they would it was the same situation. They would have fucking microphones set up, Sounds and they funny. would have fucking speakers in other rooms and shit that would like you pick up crazy a microphone lighting in one too. Room. They, I forget the guy's name, but he did all the lighting. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. Um, but yeah, fucking super trippy. And then crazy the dead, to think that it was le- it was still legal. Yeah, it was just like walk down the street. There was flyers for it everywhere. Yeah, there the were acid test flyers. Yeah, on the street. They fucking had a they had a show in um uh in in watts at the uh yeah that's the, one right of the famous i think the electric kool-aid test was, yeah. was really? done in watts or yeah in like, like a warehouse in watts kool-aid yeah nice. <laughs> <laughs> aaron's like kool-aid all right i'm, I'm listening not now, even right. watts now i like the dead yeah. <laughs> Kool-Aid. not even the watts like right electric or... kool-aid right yeah exactly <laughs> um I don't remember what uh, venue it was, but yeah. Yo, uh, Jim Jones had electric Kool-Aid too. Was it even a venue or was it it just a big-ass warehouse that they... It might have been a big-ass warehouse, (laughs) yeah. yeah. But they did play like legit venues. I think they played the Cow Palace, or maybe not the Cow Palace at one point, but they played like theaters and shit like that. And uh, maybe, maybe not theaters. I don't know, but they like they would book out venues and shit like that. And then they would like fucking have all these different rooms. Yeah, and trip balls and shit. And uh, so... Uh, the reason that they started doing it in venues, though, is because they Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters went and saw the Beatles play at the Cow Palace in 65 and saw all these, like, girls just freaking out, like, losing their shit over the Beatles, like, fucking, you know, how it was with the Beatles, like, all these Beatlemania. Fucking, yeah, Beatlemania. Yeah. And so they were like, if all these girls who are, like, look, they, they looked like they were, like, on LSD, like, they were, like, tripping, like, seeing them, even though they were, like, probably sober. Uh, and they were like, if they if the Beatles can like make this happen with no drugs, like imagine what we could do with drugs. And then so they started doing these acid <laughs> tests and shit, and like fucking so sick, dude. And that sounds how a little that sus. Well, not girls, just people in general. If the yeah. Beatles, if <laughs> the Beatles could get fish, is like no, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like we'll definitely use the drugs, dude. Yeah. No, but I'm, I I guess like they, they just saw people going crazy for it for him, uh, and they were like, "Damn, imagine like what we could do," you know? <laughs> Did Fish have a residency on Epstein's island? Oh, oh that's a good question. Oh, Probably. <laughs> I'd go. I'd just. I'd say yes. I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. You're Ep- spreading Ep- a lot of Epstein's false favorite band. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about Owsley Stanley, the dude who was the sound guy for the dead. And we mentioned yeah. him earlier and he made all this acid. So I'm sure you've seen Aaron, the wall of sound that the dead, oh, that, yeah. that thing. So that was Owsley Stanley who made that, like who came up with that idea and fucking massive. Fucking yeah. PAs. Yeah. Shout out Macintosh. Dude. Yeah. So the fucking, the same company who makes the fucking phono amp and speaker amplifiers Not that the Nick phone has. And the computer. Nope. Uh, for vinyl uh well yeah i just think it's important it's it not macintosh yeah it's not macintosh computers it's oh right company. yeah it's yeah. m-c-i-n-t-o-s yeah it yeah, probably is but everyone everyone i've heard says macintosh yeah it's well it is pronounced macintosh but it's a different company it's not yeah, yeah. apple mac yeah yeah so the wall of sound was all the amplifiers for that were macintosh amps which is like yeah. fucking crazy nice, like top super of the line shit. Yeah. yeah, that that wall of sound must have been so heavy. Oh, definitely, yeah. dude. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, it. They had to. Yeah, dude. They had. Like well, when you're playing crazy. for a show, a hundred thousand fucking people, you got to get that sound out. You get no, that but sound the, out. But you're the right, equipment yeah. back then was so much heavier than today. Yeah. Oh, heavy like weight wise. Yeah. 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 No, it was yeah, heavy hip wise for sure. Yeah. I am curious too, like how well but, their earplugs were back then. Do you guys have any idea? What, like stage, yeah. dude. No, no such thing as in ears. They were definitely then. not using earplugs at that point. On what stage, the fuck. 
Yeah, no, on right stage they had monitors. Speakers. Yeah, that was the modern. That was the whole reason they had they built that. Owsley built it, and in that in that way is that that was their own monitoring system. They didn't need fucking monitors in front of them, like on the ground or anything like that, to like play music out of. Like they stood in front of this whole fucking thing, and that was their own like monitoring system. Yeah. And so they they barely even had a console like set up for this. Like there was no like sound area no. when they had the wall of sound. It was literally just this like console set up like backstage. Well, like and it would just be a stack like all bass, yeah, all Bob guitar, all this. So then if you yeah. liked a certain member of the group, you would stand in a certain spot in the crowd. So there was always people that uh, liked Phil the bass player, and they'd always be in front of his speakers. Yeah, there's people that like the Jerry heads are all in front of. Yeah. And they would set it up the same every single time. So you would know where to go in the crowd to be where like your favorite person was. And uh, my mom stood. Your mom was probably a Bob head. She was yep. a John. She was a John. Mayer she didn't section. give a shit about the music. She said he was just so hot. <laughs> dude, yeah, Bob was like everyone like was <laughs> stoked on Bob, dude. He was he was fucking drowning. <laughs> oh god, big dong, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. So yeah. So Owsley, the dude who was in charge of making all this, uh, he also made a fuck ton of LSD. And uh, so he, between 1965 and 1967, he manufactured at least 500 grams of LSD. That's lit. Which is a fuck ton of acid. Ooh. I think that equals out to like... In two years? I, I think it's like 5 million doses or something like that. Like, Well, so a gram is 10,000 doses. And so then times that by 500? A gram is 10,000 so doses? Math. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, so LSD when people is micrograms. If, when people thumbprint, it's anywhere between like 5,000 to 10,000. Thousand. Yeah, so that's five million <laughs> doses of hundred microgram Oof. doses, which is not what they it's were over taking a back then. Pound of LSD too. That's fucking wild. Dude. Yeah, dude, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Two I know, years. I know this is kind of like a novice question, but is there any record of someone taking anywhere close to that amount at once? Uh, oh, yeah, not that. Well, probably not five hundred grams, but no, like, no, no, even grams? one gram, even oh, just like definitely, one. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what yeah, would happen? Definitely. So, well, Micah, you could talk about the fuck you. Right in the t- <laughs> <laughs> we started. They started doing this thing where anytime it says definitely, someone's just like definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, how definitely, can someone definitely. handle oh, oh, one yeah. gram is five thousand doses? Uh, no. So, 10, well, yeah, one gram is ten thousand doses. So, how can someone handle that? Well, you didn't. Well, you, it, it's so, Micah. You guys want to talk about that? Yeah. You don't like that's the thing is uh, a lot of times when people have been initiated into like the Grateful Dead family, one of the ideas that was thought of was that you shouldn't be able to handle like you shouldn't be able to actually have on you physically LSD to be able to provide to people unless you can make it through something like this. It was literally like a like hazing thing or like an initiation into it was their idea of a rite of passage, a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the times it was given to people when they were younger than 18 and it was considered this like all right you're this is going to be your like journey to manhood and uh a lot of the stories were that they you know they would give them this ability to thumbprint crystal raw crystal lsd so you lick your thumb and you shove it in a pile of powder and you lick it and you come on in about 30 seconds uh you'll most likely puke tons uh like projectile vomit it's like purging on ayahuasca but you like your identity of you and all anything that you could ever process and think goes away and it's gone for you know six hours or so a lot of the times people could black out during that time however the coming out of that is this rebirthing experience someone comes back into themselves and they like they relearn who they are and they've sort of felt you know as if they've gone into this new world and if people can come out of that and 
integrate what they've learned from the experience into their normal life and not need to take LSD and just be able to provide it to people, then they were given the ability to sell it and even given the recipe of how to make it. And that's sort of how that trickled down into, you know, into people. And so a lot of the times, thumbprints were not like this thing everyone did. If anyone had raw LSD on them, they were definitely someone who's been really far. And it's because it's scary. Like having raw LSD is really bad because just a dose of it, like 100 micrograms, you can't see with the naked eye. So it's just dangerous. It's very dangerous to have that much. And so it's very like they were very careful about who they would give it to. So if it was someone who ended up having mental stuff, maybe that once they got out of that really strong 5,000 hit trip, potentially, they uh, never really came back. Then they knew, okay, this person should not have this much on them ever. We could never let them have this much. So in a way, it was kind of safe for them to do this. Although it's also really fucked because there are some people that end up experiencing HPPD, that persisting like uh, you know perception disorder of just constant hallucinations or like constant uh, you know visual snow or something that it's been or maybe just a complete different outlook on life. Most people will say though that that experience when you thumbprint will be the most significant experience they've ever had in their life, no matter what. And people will say that to the day they die. And uh, I think Raven and I can admit that like the times that we've gotten to that point, taking like potentially 50 to 100, we're not really sure. We, didn't, we weren't able to know. Um, that it is probably the most ex- like significant thing that will ever happen. Um, yeah, I had one of the most recent times I took LSD, I had, like, I had a vial... And I just kind of like, I, I, it was all raw at the beginning and I just put a little bit of liquid, shook it up. And I estimate that it had to be around 50 hits because I had like a full blackout kind of and laying on the floor and watched as like all of the, as like I died essentially and watched all of the energy leave my body. And I was completely paralyzed, couldn't move the, the craziest, like I've done LSD so many times that I've had no experiences, anything like this and had a complete death experience. And then watched as through like the uh, like the black abyss that I was laying in, all this new energy kind of refilled my body, and I came to out of my blackout and just felt like all of the the pent up negative energy I had inside of me had all been gone, and I had been given like a new chance at life, kind of thing. It was very interesting. Yeah, and then I'll I'll just admit that when I talked to my dad about it, I was like, hey, so is this true? Like, do people actually megadose thumbprint? You know, whatever. And he's like, oh yeah. And I was like, have you? And he's like, multiple times. And he was sent to San Quentin at 19 for having a half gram of raw LSD on him. So 5,000 hits. Um, then he was laying into blotter. And so um, he mentioned to me, I was like, so do people freak out? Like, what happens? And he's just like, yeah, like they do. Like they, And the thing is, a lot of the times when people are given that much, there's a bunch of people around that are on a small dose, like 100 micrograms or something. And they're there to sort of mediate and guide this person. A lot of the times it's set up in a way that this person will go out into the forest for like a week or two and be able to be taken care of. Like there will be family people around that are there feeding them and providing them with knowledge and the ability to come out of that. And I think what was hard for Raven and I, it kind of lasted a few months of having perception changes, was that we didn't really have anyone to talk to about this experience. They're like We didn't even realize that other people had had this type of experience. Um, but at the end of the day, we knew it was okay. We knew it was fine because... We knew we weren't going to die, but I didn't know that my my sanity was ever going to come back. Yeah, I definitely considered thinking it was after like three months of this lasting, I was like, oh, this is just how I'm going to live my life now. Um, and that went away at one point. 
uh, especially when I stopped doing drugs as much. <laughs> so yeah. that helped. But um, for people that like have definitely, there's definitely people out there that you'll hear the whole like term permafried. Um, you know, they eat way too much and then they just never sort of come back to that normal person. I think a lot of the times they have previous mental challenges, you know? Well, like Sid Barrett, isn't he? The yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's yep. it's one of the things I wasn't really going to bring up just because it's super sad, but like we actually, it is probably a good thing to talk about. Show but the like, bad side of it. Yeah, because so Sid Barrett was uh, kind of one of the, was in the original member, uh, was the, in the original lineup of the band Pink Floyd, and he ended up going crazy from LSD because he was around all these people that would like just literally feed him LSD all the time, and he was super into taking it a lot. And there were times where he was literally like, he would be around and just like motionless, not moving. Like people would be talking to him, but he would just be like a blank. He would just be like a zombie, like just because he fucking literally lost his mind on LSD. Yeah. And yeah, well, it's super sad. He's technically diagnosed schizophrenic, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah he went. He I think he went to a mental institution for like a while. He was like full blown faked death off the grid after that. Like no one fucking know where, knew where he went. Right? Like he just didn't show up, and then uh, just, no, he had like so, a solo record. Like right oh, after really? Pink Floyd, yeah. So he no, he didn't go fully off the grid, but yeah, he did. Well, I think he did like at some point. <laughs> yeah, but not directly after. What yeah, happened is uh, for why he basically was no longer in Pink Floyd is because like sometimes he just wouldn't show up to like practices or like shows or whatever, and then like one day like they were in the van like on the way to go like pick him up and go to a show, and then Roger Waters, the bass player, was just like, "So should we just like not go get Sid?" And the rest of the band was like, "Yeah." Well, this is not, and then they just didn't, and then he was out of the band. Well, wasn't that Wish wow. You Were Here? It was about him? Uh, exactly, That's yeah. That's after he died, right? Mm, I don't know. I don't know when... I don't think Sid died until, like, the 90s, uh, almost. I don't know. Let me look it up. I don't think I he died. I thought he died. was still alive. Yeah, because uh, that's 75, so... Yeah. Um, I don't think he died that early. Let okay. me look when Sid died. He died in 2006, so yeah, definitely not when that was... Uh, um. <laughs> He died when Blink at 182 was putting out music. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? shit's about to turn into aliens and all kinds of weird shit. I'm no. Good <laughs> Charlotte. Just, uh, good Charlotte <laughs> dropped the anthem when Sid Barrett died. I think this is a, the all like American a good rejects little... dropped and he was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you my dirty little secret. <laughs> oh my God. Yikes. What are you going to say, Micah? I was just thinking this is a good spot to just uh, again mention. I know we mentioned it last episode about like harm reduction wise. Um, it if uh, you know if you've got like a family history of mental um, stuff like uh, you know schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or even like major depression, um, it, it's not really a good idea to mess around with psychedelics because they can end up. There's like drug induced schizophrenia, and it's a lot of the times brought on by drugs like LSD and meth and uh, even cannabis. Yeah, wild. everyone yeah. has that story of the guy in their town that thinks that they're a glass of orange juice or whatever. That I remember that. Over, I remember that story. They'll be like, oh, you need to fill me back up or whatever. But like, <laughs> oh that, stuff, that stuff. <laughs> I do not the, know that guy. <laughs> for the most part, those are just urban legends. But well, that's, that's but, some organ shit right there. Yeah, but... Jimmy, <laughs> so, uh, bro, that dude's a glass of orange. <laughs> do you guys know... Um, do you guys know Hamilton Morris? I know Ryan mm. and Raven do, but do you guys uh, know that dude? He does this really cool uh, documentary. I think it was on Vice. It was like uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopia. There's a bunch of different episodes where he'd go out and like um, go to different co- countries and you know hang out with indigenous people that were using psychedelics like peyote or whatever. What? Should I have not said that? No, you no. said cunt. <laughs> <laughs> what? You said, you said cunt uh, country. You like stumbled over <laughs> the word cunt. 
<laughs> okay. No, we um, were laughing because I did it earlier, and it almost sounded like it almost sounded like the N word. <laughs> I was trying to say Nickelback, but he, then he I, said he said Nick, and then we were like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> that's why we we're laughing. Uh, um, sorry, anyway, bro. Sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> My, Mike scared. is actually Australian. I don't know if you guys knew that. Oh, then you're good. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. So. uh at one point, I guess he had mentioned this this guy is like really he's a really smart dude chemist that um, was able to do all these cool documentaries and he actually took psychedelics with the people that he was hanging out with and talking to. but he mentions one time I don't know if it's in an interview or something with someone, but he uh, has a friend that when he was young, like they were like eighteen nineteen in Brooklyn, they were like walking around together on they took this drug that's a pro drug to psilocin. it's like um kind of like a synthetic mushroom powder in a way. Yeah. Um, so it just feels like mushrooms. But anyway, they took it, and uh, a few hours later, his friend ends up kind of saying some weird shit, like, uh, you know, I think the cops are coming, actually. It's, it's one of those paranoid uh, delusion yeah. things. Come, It comes up, and then the rest of the day, the kid ends up just acting weirder and weirder and ends up, uh, like, after this trip is over and, and uh, the kid ends up coming down, right? The next, like, year or two, uh, he starts going down the route of schizophrenia and ends up getting diagnosed and needing Fuck. to be hospitalized at one point and now Hamilton talks about it like every single time he talks to him on the phone it gets worse and worse and this poor Damn. guy is just it's literally because of that it's still happening experience yeah yeah no oh, he's shit. fully schizophrenic and and that's what can happen to people is that it's not just like they're permafried from the drug they're no longer on the drug at all the drugs out of their system it's just that it initiated schizophrenia and a lot Damn. of the times it's thought that that could be because someone has a family history of it and it's thought of that it might not have been the drug that could do this it could be like later on in life that a very traumatic experience could happen to someone and then boom it happens and a lot of the times that's how schizophrenia is brought on typically is like a, a, a um because schizophrenia traumatic experience will happen to someone and then boom schizophrenia is mostly typical to start happening in your 20s not not at an early age so that's yeah. also when people start to dabble with drugs and hallucinogens and weed and weed is a big one um i've heard mdma can uh, do it to a lot of people and then yeah lsd and stuff like that can induce that schizophrenia yeah. that maybe could have went either longer without showing itself or just never even happened but then you took the substance that just flipped the switch yeah, Hamilton even says that cannabis is probably worse for uh, triggering schizophrenia than uh, than like psych- most psychedelics are. I, I've I always could, said that. I too. can see it. I've always said that cannabis is a stronger experience the first couple times you do it than any one hit of LSD or a few mushrooms is ever going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to way me, that's, that's always been my felt. Like I got way more intoxicated on LSD or on you know weed than I did on the first few trips that I had. Yeah, oh, yeah, same, dude. Yeah, it's. Yeah, the first couple times I smoked weed and got really high, it's like you're like crippled. Like yeah. we're, we're still chasing that. Yeah, for we'll never, <laughs> we'll never reach it again. That Dude, first for high. Me? I almost reached it at one point where I like quit smoking weed for like six months, and then I smoked weed and I was like, I'm so fucking. High. <laughs> but what were Dude, you saying? I, I've al- I've always said the same thing. Like for me, I could take a hit of LSD or even like like ten hits of LSD and be fine. If I take one hit of weed, I'm like the stereotypical meth addict who's been up for two weeks, who's like <laughs> hiding from their curtains, being like, they're coming after me. The government's after me. That's me off one hit of weed. Dude, I cannot yeah, handle. Damn, it. really? Yeah, yeah that shit's gnarly. No, my ex used to be the same way. She would love psychedelics, but then she'd smoke weed by herself sometimes. And she start texting me shit like, "There's, there's a car outside my window. Like, I'm pretty sure this dude's been just sitting out here and like maybe taking pictures." And I was, I'd be like, "Well, you smoked weed, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, 
that's that's what's going on. You're just kind of <laughs> yeah. tripping. And she'd argue it with me. She'd be like, no, that's that's definitely not the case. <laughs> uh, she even thought she was pregnant one time. She's yeah. like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And I was like, fuck you, shut up. Well, <laughs> even with like auditory hallucinations too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, auditory for sure. I just, yeah. just coat hanger. <laughs> <laughs> I rush over to her house with the plan B. <laughs> you come over and you're like, you have Jeez. plane tickets to Texas. You're like, <laughs> 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 we're keeping this thing. Oh my oh, God, yikes. dude. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, we should probably get back on track here. That was yeah, all. Yeah, that was yeah, a really yeah. good side tangent, though, for sure. Um, so I just want to talk about Owsley again, really quick, because this is going to trans- transition us into something else that I want to talk about. Uh, so Owsley, uh, he took acid for the first time in 1964, and then he walked outside and he said the cars were kissing and uh, were kissing the parking meters. Oh, that's so hot. He was, Fucking, yeah, yeah, he probably walked outside. Yeah, with that brick, just, just whips the brick out. He's like, "Oh hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> That's how he got Room charged. For with a third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh jeez, that buffler's looking real good. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, <laughs> so the same week, he also heard the Beatles for the first time, uh, which was Meet the Beatles record, and he said it was amazing. And it was like, I don't know, but like, there's like something that just fit together between like me trying LSD the first time and the Beatles, and like. And the was, cars. Yeah, and the cars. <laughs> and the doors. Stereotypical <laughs> hippie. Basically, yeah. So that was pretty sick. So basically that triggered him to then want to like start trying LSD more. And so later that year, a friend of his him gave him 400 micrograms of Sandoz uh, LSD. And he took it and got high as fuck. And then was just like, <laughs> all right, like I want to be able to make like LSD like that strong or even better. So him and this uh, chemistry major he knew... Um, uh, her name is Melissa Cargill. They decided to uh, try to do this. Uh, and so he went to the UC Berkeley. Uh, sorry, Owsley was going to UC Berkeley at the time and only took three weeks in the library to learn how to fucking make LSD, which is crazy because of it's like, it's a lot of chemistry, but like There's this a lot of hours fucking three weeks, so smart though. Like this guy's crazy smart. So it's like, it just shows it, it, like how smart this guy was. If you're dedicated to one subject and you have three weeks to learn it, you can learn a lot about it. Though. Well, and yeah. you got to remember a lot of uh, the literature that was in that la- that library was probably easily accessible at the time. And oh yeah, there was probably tons of it. And doing protocols is honestly pretty easy. A lot of chemistry in the lab is just like cooking. I mean, you're just right. following what someone else did. Yeah, you already. didn't need to figure out how to make <clears throat> acid from like, like you, you Yeah, I could have done that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, I'm gonna go to the library for a couple days and figure this out. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Right time, <laughs> right place. The lucky guy. Yeah. <laughs> we could have been. We could have been Owsley, dude. No, I mean, yeah. It, it Just with having that much fucking time and he didn't stuff, have like, fucking sure. tiktok distracting him he didn't yeah that, that's cocaine. some that's like what the old ads would say yeah, yeah. he didn't have the tiktok <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he have, didn't have call of duty <laughs> he wasn't mm-hmm. uploading on the twitter at all <laughs> he didn't have facebook bikini pics dude he had it all dude Fuck, good point man. very facebook good point. bikini pics they get me bro <laughs> <laughs> jesus all right uh <laughs> so uh so he Learned how to do it in three weeks, and um, he uh, fucking started making LSD, and then also believed that you know producing something that affects you like thousands of people, the state of mind you were in, like really fucking mattered. So he would like make LSD while on like a little bit of LSD. Oh <laughs> <Hell> yeah, because <laughs> he was just like, I need to be like in that mind state, like to make this the best that I can. And uh, and he even like said that like even like some it's such a powerful drug that even like twenty five micro like micrograms 
would make you like it would cause a change in your consciousness absolutely and uh which yeah. i totally agree with you when i microdose like i almost like like we've talked before like when you take lsd and you've taken it a bunch of times like you feel it almost immediately like just because you just know what it does to your brain immediately yeah. like i don't i don't know what it is about it but like it doesn't like fully come on immediately but you do feel your brain just like flip that switch it's go time yeah exactly it's clobbering time (laughs) if you're if you're on crack while cooking up crack dude that crack's gonna be fire dude that is gonna be some fire crack absolutely there might not be a lot of crack left that's a good point (laughs) dude you're gonna have smoking all your crack that you make dude that'd be sick a little more baking soda a little more crack for me a little more baking soda for the dude that would be sick to be a crackhead and then make your own crack dude it'd be sick (laughs) to be a crackhead period (laughs) 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 just fall off a building and walk away like nothing happened true <laughs> True. To just get uh, yeah, with. <laughs> so anyway, so fast <laughs> this forward. This is not Patreon. I have to have some <laughs> strength. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta keep this one a little chill. If you want to hear a crazier interview with Groove Damage, just sign up for our Patreon, <laughs> and that is Patreon.com forward slash D O O C. Anyways, Blue Chew, <laughs> Blue Chew. So, uh, Kesey, Ken Kesey sampled Owsley's acid at one point after they started making it. And uh, was just like, dude, this is like fucking crazy good acid. So the electric Kool-Aid test, out who I assume all the acid came from Owsley, uh, he ended up freaking out by the sound of Jerry's guitar, which grabbed hold of him, in quotes, and uh, quotation again, uh, was dissolved into gaseous nothingness, like one single cell of just gas, gaseous nothingness. And uh, he lost control of himself, and that, that one cell like that a he Harry was... Potter spell gas. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's got to be the biggest compliment to a guitarist that has ever. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I mean, dude. When you when you fucking played that, <laughs> I became nothing, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like oh, so okay. So let me tell you, in thirty years from now, there's gonna be a, mo- a book called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, dude, and that shit. Dude, when based <laughs> off that riff, dude, <laughs> no, it's gonna be Harry Potter and the Gassy is nothing. There's gonna be this transphobic author, and she's gonna write about this exact thing. Oh, she, she is a transphobe. Yeah, <laughs> negative shout out J.K. Rowling. Dude. Yeah, and we ain't J.K. They keep writing yeah. books though. Do you think she she wrote J.K. on the cover though? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. It's like a whole uh, uh, crossing your fingers behind your back. <laughs> <laughs> So, bro, her butler's <laughs> giving her dinner right now. True. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. She must, she's how many billions? She's trashed uh, up. She is. Yeah, yeah, dude. She's definitely got she's that. She's got coins. She doesn't give a fuck what we're saying. No, right. she, she's probably eating beans and toast right now, honestly. <laughs> time over there. To- yeah, dude. She is from the UK. You forget that, dude. The beans, uh, dude. <laughs> the butler just is bringing beans. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so after. Owsley returned to his physical body after this whole experience. He was horrified by the way Ken Kesey and the pranksters were messing with people's minds. Like with the whole like having a microphone set up in like one room and speakers in the other and playing all these like weird fucking sounds and shit and like tripping people out. Because he was just like like you when you're in that type of like mind space like mind space like you can't be doing that to people. And he described it as like witchcraft and then like Literally all Ken Kesey and the pranksters were just laughed at him and were like, you're a fucking idiot, dude. Like, well, Kesey was fucking... part of MK Ultra though, so he knew what the witchcraft was. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And I kind of agree, like, it is funny to fuck with people like that, but also, like, that could definitely, like, well, you know, it could trigger schizophrenia and stuff, yeah. which is not good. So, anyway. um, So, but what he did learn from that experience was, you know, the Grateful Dead who were playing the acid test, who would play in the show, they would get hella fucking high. 
And then they would, you know, play if they could even play. Like Bob even described it. Like Bob Weir, the rhythm guitar player, like described he would see like music notes like floating in front of him and shit while he was like trying to keep like concentrated and play and just got fucking dumb high. And uh, so he was just like, yeah, like the Grateful Dead were magic and like he wanted to work for them. And then so he became their sound man. And fun fact was the first to bring stereo into live sound. Oh, wow. It was all mono before. And then he fucking was the first one to do, do stereo, dude. I think Got it's him. important when talking about the pranksters too <laughs> and, and this exact situation is he was having all these prolific experiences from the LSD he was taking. Not everyone has that. I, I've met people who can take acid and just be like, yeah, it was just fun. Like I saw cool trippy colors. Like I had no That's me. Uh, internal oh, yeah. fucking like oh. I had n- no spirit trip. I had no like. Never mind. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> like I had no like ascension, like mental ascension. And then other trips yeah. are like, I saw Satan, man. Well, <laughs> I, I get really like quiet when I'm on LSD and I'm yeah. just like introspective a lot, thinking about shit. And when I would do it with my girlfriend, she'd just be like, oh, dude, let's just watch a funny movie. Cause I'm like, she would just like crack up and have a good time. And I'm just like, are aliens well, real, man? It's interesting because there's actually evidence too that there's a significant portion of the population, world population, that doesn't have, uh, what is that? Uh, like a internal dialogue. Internal dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we've kind of discovered that based on surveys that there's actually like a, a shit ton of people that do not have an internal dialogue. And it almost makes me wonder if those are some of the people that when they take psychedelics, it's not that like they're like, yeah, bro, I get it. Acid, like, yeah, it, it, it not have like trippy. She's just like, oh, yeah, acid's cool. Yeah, like, yeah. What? not my favorite. How many? Yeah. Tell her to take like 20 hits. No, so that's know. the thing. The first time she took two, she was like, fuck that. I'm never doing that. Again. Oh my God. <laughs> and then, you know, she'll take one once in a while. But um, that's the thing. I've always, t- I've always wanted to say to people that haven't had that yet. I'm like, well, you just need more. <laughs> no no inner dialogue. My girlfriend would be like, I'd be like, all right, I'm only trying to take like two or three hits this time. And she'd be like, cool. Can I have like seven or like eight? <laughs> and she would just be fine and just like watch movies, chill, listen to music. And I'd be like, oh, did you like learn anything about like... Like, were you, were you thinking about shit? And she's like, no. Mm. Just watching the movie. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> just like, no, what are you fucking dumb, dude? <laughs> dude what is Stop life? trying to get all weird on What me. is life like with no inner dialogue? Yeah, I don't know what that is like. My dialogue's going crazy right now. Dude. <laughs> I just can't imagine I, nothing. I, I feel like yeah, it's those true. people who are like, oh, yeah, that dude wears his personality on his sleeve. It's just like everything about them is out in the open. You know what I mean? Oh, like there's there's see, no mystery. Yeah. There's no mystery to that person because they'll but, let you yeah, know. I feel they that. just don't think. Like, <laughs> no, That's what not, it sounds not, like to me when not, I hear not that. don't think, but they don't like, like kind of think about what they're going to say before they say it. I, the only all. way I could describe like feeling like that is the first time I did like a high, like not a high dose of mushrooms, but like an actual like trip of mushrooms. And my brain literally shut off for like three hours. Like I couldn't think of a single thought. If you fucking put a gun to my head, I'd be well, like, I've asked people who claim to have no internal dialogue. I'm like, so you don't have conversations with yourself in your own head? And they're like, no, that sounds like hearing voices to me. I'm like, what? Okay. I yeah. literally do that all the time, dude. And I'm I doing talk that right to myself now. all the time. Like, yeah. I'll always talk out loud when I'm alone. Oh, you know? same, dude. dude. I have to snap out of it sometimes. Yeah, like, same, because I'll yeah. get so into this hypothetical conversation. <laughs> it's like, wait, this is never even going to happen. Dude, that's yeah. hilarious. Yep. That's funny. <laughs> That's wow, fucking awesome. That's I did that so much when I was younger because I thought I was gonna be like some badass, like on a on a on a show sometime or something, you know, maybe a podcast or some shit. Oh, no, Harley, and I'd be able to talk about my life. So I'd be like skating to the skate park, and I'd be like, "Yeah." So like this one time, I did like a backside flip, and it was like the coolest thing ever. 
and uh, taking yeah. down notes. No, literally, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's all I have about basically Owsley and the Dead. Obviously, the Dead fucking took a shit ton of acid, and they're you know famous for that and all that. Um, but you can learn about that. There's so many other fucking sources. It's already been talked about so much. So I don't really want to talk about all that. Uh, the Dead fucking are awesome. I love the Dead. I love sitting down, taking acid, listening to Dead records. They're fucking great. Aaron, you hate the Dead. Aaron I'm, loves stereo, so he loves. You the have dead put now. so many words into people's mouth <laughs> today, Ryan. Aaron, oh, stop saying it, Ryan. Did you just burp in the mic? Hey, what I do I hate? In the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's, what, what do I hate? Uh, you hate fucking mm. Dua Lipa. You hate <laughs> you, you hate you hate Dua Lipa. See, no, I'm, that's that's Aaron. I'm no, not mad about that. He's dishing out hot takes like Beatles, <laughs> and 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 he gives me Dua Lipa. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I Yo, don't Dua care. Lipa fucking rules, dude. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I would do Lipa, but I wouldn't. So would Jack Harlow, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't bump the music. Uh, anyway, um. So I have some other artists that we could talk about, but did anyone else bring anything they want to talk about with uh, artists? I got some Jimi Hendrix and Coltrane that we could talk about, but is there anything you guys would rather uh, talk about first? Yeah, we can get going on some Coltrane. Dude, I fucking... I listen, have you guys listened to Ohm? Yes. Well, yeah. while, Dude, while I listened we're on, to that today. Sorry, what's up? Uh, well, well, while we're talking about kind of Grateful Dead and uh, stuff like that, I learned today that Janis Joplin was uh, super into LSD as well. And when she was inducted into the Hall of Fame, one of the things they put on the wall was an LSD blotter painted and designed by Robert Crumb. That is interesting wow, cool. because I always thought it was the opposite because I know she, that's why she was such good friends with Pigpen is because they both didn't Alcoholics. really like. Uh, yeah, they both didn't really like psychedelics that much, especially Pigpen. I don't really know as much about Joplin. Um, but yeah, uh, Pigpen hated like what psychedelics did to him because he liked to like shut off rather than like, you know, put on or like right. to get like, <laughs> put on, I don't know, turn on, I guess. Uh, and so, uh, that's why like him and Janice, like were such good friends and like even like dated for a brief period. And, uh, they were just like, so like fucking like into alcohol rather than psychedelics. Because I mean, of maybe they desecrated off. her <laughs> fucking... Yeah, maybe they were just like a, Hall of Fame tune. Maybe they were just like, oh, she's a hippie, so yeah. she must have been into LSD. Like, oh, she maybe. painted her car. She loves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I feel like they would have reached out to somebody, like, and like talked to somebody about that. But who knows? I could see that though. Her being more into psychedelics than Pigpen. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Wait, so <laughs> I know Coltrane did a lot of drugs, and obviously. Yep, heroin. Well, and then like a Love Supreme after that got cleaned up. But um, yeah, I did mostly heroin. So he did acid too. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I just have, I've never heard, like, and I'm a big Coltrane fan, but I just don't know too much about him and acid. Yeah, so apparently in 65, around 65, uh, he started experimenting with LSD and like learning, like basically like trying to open up his consciousness. And uh, because he was like super into heroin for a while. I think it was from... Like fifty eight to sixty three, or maybe yeah, like even he got fired from the Miles Davis group. Exactly, yeah. So I don't know exactly when he uh, was. I, I don't remember. It, it's in the heroin episode. Uh, I I was talking about when he was doing um, heroin okay. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, but apparently he was also doing acid. And uh, there are theories that that record Ohm mm-hmm. uh, was recorded while he was on acid. I listened to it today, and I believe it. It's fucking. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard Ohm before. It's crazy. It's fuck, dude. There's literally like him playing his saxophone that sounds like pig squeals. It's like, 
Yeah. And there's like fucking drums Give and pianos just those? in the background. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, what? I'm not like, <laughs> dude. Okay, I'll literally pull it no, up it right is. now it's and crazy. play a random spot in the middle, and you'll and it'll literally it'll sound like that. When, when it when it comes to records, I'm not collecting <laughs> records. I'm not a completist. Like I don't need to have every album of a band, but there's certain artists I do. And with Coltrane, I'm like that. I just like to have all of his records, even though some of them are brutal. Ryan proceeds to play Coltrane, but due to YouTube's copyright protection, we have to bleep it. Uh, very, very avant-garde. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> but it's like somewhat um, admirable when you just like know his life story. Yeah. And the dude's just like, it's like he's just screaming to the universe through his instrument. Pretty much. Even, even though it sounds like... A pig getting slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's funny about that is um he recorded that on October first. And then I don't do you have you have the entire Coltrane collection? Yeah. So do you have uh his like whole live album collection and stuff too or pretty much. Okay. I'm probably missing a couple here and there. So do you have live in Seattle, which I I don't have Yeah, with Pharaoh Sanders. Oh, is that with Pharaoh Sanders? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So that was recorded the day before this album was recorded. Or that song. Basically Ohm is one full song just yeah. split up into two parts. Like one LP on one LP, one side is one part and the other side is the other part. But it's all one song essentially. And uh, so he recorded that the day after he recorded Live in Seattle. And then the day that. after he recorded Ohm, he recorded uh, A Love Supreme Live in Seattle. Wait. Because so there's Live in Seattle, I guess, which is its own record. And then there's yeah, yeah. A Love so, Supreme oh, so Live is, in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. But that, that was, which then that record just came out like last year. A Love Supreme Live in Seattle? Live in Seattle. Oh, gotcha. Okay, for so, sure. So. Which one recorded. did A Love Supreme came out first, right? Yeah. And, and then, then Ohm? Well, Ohm was a posthumous uh, thing that came out in 68. He died in, I think, 65. I thought 66. he was like cleaned up when he did A Love Supreme. Maybe it was it just I from think heroin? A Love Supreme came out, came out in 65. I think he was cleaned up from heroin when he did A Love Supreme. And then maybe after A Love Supreme kind of some psychedelics um, and stuff let me yeah i believe that's how it is uh let me look up so really he wasn't quick. sober he was just off the off the, the sauce uh yeah so love supreme was 65 uh it came out on february 1st so he recorded in probably 64 and then and then ohm came out in 68 after he died uh because he died in Fucking, uh, let me see. Rest in peace, Pharaoh Sanders. 67 is when he died, July 17th. Uh, dude, yeah, rest in peace, Pharaoh Sanders, dude. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, fucking Coltrane, dude. Loved his, loved acid. Yeah. When it comes to jazz, it's like, unfortunately, jazz is widely seen as a genre that was, that's like made by geeks for a bunch of squares and it's un, it's not digestible. It's, it's, hard to listen to for a lot of people um but when you for me when my mind is open and uh, oftentimes that's with the aid of like yeah you know, like weed or lsd or mushrooms and i'm faded and i'm listening to jazz i'm really getting into it i start to realize like these guys aren't geeks these guys are fucking g's dude absolutely ron, ron carter is a fucking pimp true the other day, I was I was doing a little mind exploration, and we were a video of a uh, um, Miles Davis came on Shuffle on YouTube, and I saw in the background uh, John Coltrane, and I I was like, 
that's that's the that's the guy. Like that that guy is a fucking pimp. We yeah. kind of just like we both we were both we were both experimenting, <laughs> and uh, it was like at the same time when we saw Coltrane's face, we basically just like yelled, "That's yeah. John fucking Coltrane, yeah. dude!" Fuck <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like it was like. <laughs> Yeah, we we like I think right before that was was that right before that when Dave Brubeck was on? Yeah, dude. Oh, dude Dave by Brubeck. the way, Dave Dave Brubeck did uh LSD. No way, I yeah, didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking sick, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. And that's another guy you look at him like that guy's a fucking square. That guy's a fucking nerd. Damn. But homie was homie was trying to figure it out too. Dude, there's a lot of nerds those like Harvard uh, Harvard yeah. professors that were doing LSD and shit like Timothy Leary and mm-hmm. his associates and stuff like that. Um Pretty fucking sick, dude. Honestly, I don't know if you guys have felt this, um, but when you're on LSD or or if you're on mushrooms, like your thoughts come out of your mouth almost. Yeah, with it with such an ease. Oh, there was one time I thought I was talking in my head and I was talking out loud. Yeah, so a lot of these jazz albums, and I was gonna say this about uh, Sergeant Pepper's. These albums are like fully thought out ideas that are just recorded. You know, they're just happening to be microphones around. You know. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite parts about jazz music and a lot of Coltrane and a lot of uh, like Miles, yeah, and uh, and Pharaoh Sanders, like all all that. It just seemed you listen to it from cover to cover, and it's like this was a fully thought out idea that was just laid on wax, you know? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, even I, they were using a lot of cannabis and stuff too to like yeah be freeform and like try to you know just improvise. What were you gonna say? Marcia? I was just gonna say like I know none none of us other than myself are that familiar. With, I think with like the electronic music like Tipper right and some of those guys. But um, being that I feel like a lot of the a lot of the people that have listened to that stuff have kind of explained they're like oh it almost sounds like the producer is speaking through all these layers and all these different samples and all these different things that he's created sound design wise yeah that it's like a, a a form of communication and as you know you've listened to the jettison mind hatch from first to the you know beginning start to finish um it has this like story type feel to it or yeah. almost like a you know it, it's very intensely thought out and it's a trip because a lot of people feel like they almost get similar it's like almost like hive mind uh feelings from these albums that Artists like him and Aphex Twin have produced. Where um, I was yeah. listening to Aphex the other day. Oh, fuck yes, yeah. yesterday yeah. actually. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so. yeah, Nick uh, and Aaron both. Well, I'll I don't have it right now because I let my coworker borrow it. But when I get it back, I'll bring over Jettison Mind Hatch because it's a forty-five RPM. Like he he uh, put it out on forty-five because he was like that's the only way. It's like because his shit is like super fucking high quality mm-hmm. and like they're like, sonically it sounds incredible and he was like this is the only way i want people to hear this on vinyl and so uh i'll bring it over one of these days on your system that shit is gonna Sweet. yeah it's like i don't even know how to describe it micah it's like dubstep and not dubstep no that one's like a just to consider like a down tempo like psychedelic electronic album yeah um, he has dubstep style that is like up tempo music but the, a lot of the albums that he's put out like the full-length albums are much more like that down tempo almost ambient but yeah um i want to go back to coltrane for one sec absolutely um <laughs> yeah so during that same night where me and aaron were like watching these videos and like listening to music and also experimenting and smoking and stuff so yeah we saw we're like that's john fucking <laughs> and, coltrane and kissing and nah <laughs> that, that was the experimenting <laughs> <laughs> Sexuality. <laughs> that was already done before. <laughs> Experiment has long been out. No. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, back to Coltrane. So, yeah, we look at TB. That's John fucking Coltrane. 
let's put on some Coltrane because it was a Miles. He was playing with Miles Davis, right? Nice. Let's watch John Coltrane. Yeah. And it's this 15 minute video of one song, Impressions. Oh, and nice. It was just really good. Like, you know, they go into it and then there's like a little drum solo and then this really in depth bass solo that is just like phenomenal. And then Coltrane comes back into it like 10 minutes in. It's not Paul Chambers, is it? Is that Paul Chambers? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Those Love Supreme sessions, the impression sessions. Uh, I think that is Paul Chambers. I think you're right. The Let me bass look it player. Up. Yeah. Paul Chambers is dope. Yeah, he's a pimp. He's um, a pimp. But yeah, then Coltrane hopped back into it and it was actually scary. Yeah. I started tripping out. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. he started he started wailing and, mm. and I was trying to like eat some food and just like be in a good mindset. And I, I just as much as I love Coltrane, I was like, turn that shit off now. <laughs> I was like, put on band on the run. Hurry. I had to think of a quick fix. A, a quick fix to escape this <laughs> trip. So first thing in my mind, I was like, band on the run, Paul McCartney, boom, listen to the whole record. Funny. It was like, such a good mood. It was uh, Jimmy Garrison, by the way, played. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garrison. Garrison. Yeah. 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 He's and, dope. Uh, Elvin, jo- Elvin Jones on drums. Dude. And McCoy Tyner on uh, piano. This, okay, so we were watching this and the footage is so old of this, uh, this Coltrane performance. It's such old black and white footage and the audio is kind of shitty. And Elvin Jones had a, um, not Elvin Jones. Yeah. Elvin Jones. The drummer? No, McCoy McCoy Tyner. Tyner. McCoy Tyner had a, uh, had a piano uh, solo and his hands were moving so fucking fast. It it looked like fake foot. It looked fake. It, it looked, animated. It looked almost. like the fucking moon landing shit. I was like, this, look, <laughs> this looks altered. He's moving too fast. He's, he's moving. The fast flag behind him was waving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it looks like he jumped and then went down, but then he didn't go all the way down. And wait, what is going on here? That's how we combat the Russians with like just really good jazz videos. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Dude, Dude, dude pressuring them. Si- quick side note: a lot of back bomb. then, a lot of uh, <laughs> jazz artists. I was trying to be. In, I was trying to be concealable about it. I was trying to give. I was trying to give drugs to Nick. Aaron, do you want drugs? You just interrupted. I thought Ryan Sorry. was just pointing at me. He just nah. has his weed pen just nah. pointing at me like, I don't know, did I say the wrong thing? Or he's like, oh, do you want some of this? <laughs> no, it's, no, it's the talking stick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just ruined all of that. It's now, fine. We'll just edit it. Yeah, I was going to say that. Nah, I'll leave you uh, in. Jesus, boys. Am I going to have to murder both of you right now? Yeah, I apologize, Aaron. But to be a bloody mess in here. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. What were you saying? Good, sir? Uh, a, lot, that a lot of... Uh, just it it just goes back to like having having an open mind and and being open to like trying new things. Like a lot of jazz artists would go to other cultures, and just a lot of great artists in general would go to other cultures and experience a culture and and take take that culture in rather than go there and try to um, enforce their music onto them. Right. right. So Coltrane so- famously went to Japan, and his whole plane ride to Japan, he was with Alice Coltrane, his wife. There's pictures of him on the plane, and he's not. He wasn't playing his uh, saxophone. He would. Just, he was just playing like the flute on the plane on his way to Japan because he wanted to get into the mindset of like. And this is like, culturally right. appropriating that culture. I, I guess. <laughs> hey, I got stat- they got statue yeah. of him in Japan. Wait, the, do they the, really? Yeah, the biggest museum of John Coltrane artifacts is owned Whoa. by a guy who like it started in his apartment, but then he it got too big that he had just had to. 
like rent out a whole separate unit just for Damn. all this Coltrane memorabilia. That's Damn. fucking so sick. Wait, so when you said he was playing flute on a plane, I assume this is a private jet, not a commercial plane. It looked like a pri- <laughs> private jet. Dude, yeah. I was going to say, if someone all was playing passengers. flute on a commercial pl- plane, I would be furious, dude. No matter how good that flute is, <laughs> dude, you're getting thrown out the fucking... I mean, definitely better than a baby, but There'd still. be someone, someone get pissed, like, who the fuck is that playing the flute? And like, it, it's John Coltrane. They're like, oh, okay, all right. My right. bad. <laughs> I apologize. My bad. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Um, fuck yeah, that's sick though, dude. Uh, yeah, I didn't know you. Uh, I didn't know they were big, big on Coltrane in Japan. Dude, also another another thing about jazz, like a lot of the a lot of jazz songs are super fucking long. They're like twenty five minutes, thirty minutes long sometimes. Yeah, right? well, isn't a Love Supreme only like a few like songs? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like four or five tracks, and it's like over an hour long. I'm I, I don't remember, but fucking. I remember one time I was uh, the last time I did uh, sh- mushrooms, like a full like eighth of mushrooms. I was with some friends and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go." Um, they-, they wanted to watch a movie. They wanted to watch Doctor Strange, and so I was like, "I'm not really down for Doctor Strange at yeah, this current moment." Stressful at this current moment, but I'm gonna go jam for a little bit and I'll be I'll come back and watch the movie. Nice. So I went to the like another room, plugged in the headphones, plugged in the the guitar, and I started jamming. And I'm just like, I just immediately fell into the zone and I was jamming for about 45, what what felt like 45 minutes to an hour, right? Damn. And I'm like, all right, that was a good jam. I, I fucking unplugged, put my shit down and went back to hang out with the homies. And when I left, they had just started the movie, like beginning credits were rolling. And then when I got back, the beginning credits were still like going. And I was like, yo, what like, did you guys, like, did you guys pause to me? Like, what happened? They're like, no, no. Like, I was like, well, how long was I just gone? <laughs> they're like, you've been gone for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, bro, Whoa. you just tuned your guitar and you didn't even play. <laughs> <laughs> we were waiting for you to start jamming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just plays like one quick riff and is like, all right, I'm the best. <laughs> yeah. When, when I get into that, that state of mind of like, when I know I'm about to start like experimenting or like start, if I'm going to do acid, I'm going to do shrooms. I know that I just cannot pay attention to what time it is. Yeah, and I also I need to avoid all fucking mirrors. I can't <laughs> see myself or sure. know what time it is at all. <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel that. That's a, yeah. Every time I do acid and then I look at the time, I'm like, God damn, shit's going by slow, dude. <laughs> yeah. Forced like, mirror I feel like I'm sessions for days. Are the best. Forced mirror sessions, <laughs> dude. Forced mirror. What kind of torture are you into? Dude. Jesus Christ, dude. Man. Wait, can I tell a story that you can edit out real quick? It's so short. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's check. Let's check back in. Yeah, all we right, and we're it. back, guys. <laughs> uh, so what were we talking about? Fucking, we were talking, you guys we, are glad you didn't hear what we were just talking dude, about. Dude, that was a fucking disaster of a conversation. <laughs> we might, we might That'll put that Patreon. excerpt on the Patreon. Got to. Should we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, did we finish talking about Coltrane? Is there anything else? Yeah, I think we're yeah, done. We're I, think we're I think we can wrap up Coltrane. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the only other thing I have to talk about is Hendrix, which I don't know, Raven, do you guys, did you, anybody else uh, bring anything they want to talk about? Any like influences? I, I was waiting until you uh, talked about any like rappers or anything because I have just one rap group I have a small oh. thing about. All right, cool. Well, then let's just talk about Hendrix real quick uh, and then we'll talk about other stuff. Uh, is that cool with you, Micah? Or do you want to no. talk about do you want to talk about Tipper or anything first or any of these other? Um. Uh, well, no. Yeah. Let's move out of uh, like uh, rock music and then. Okay. Yeah. Sick. All right. Uh. So I just recently found this out today. Actually, I wish I would have known this when we were doing the meth episode. Uh. I think 
because we were uh, when we were t- I was talking about Lemmy from Motorhead. Apparently, Lemmy was a roadie for Hendrix at one point, and Whoa. would fucking take Ooh. LSD with him like a bunch. Because apparently, Hendrix would take LSD every single day for like weeks at a time, and would just double his dose every single day. So he'd start with like a couple tabs or whatever, and then take four, and then take eight, and then take fucking sixteen, and yeah. then just take handfuls of tabs and shit. Because he would just like because your tolerance gets like skyrockets like because of like the way it like latches onto these receptors and shit. And, uh, so fucking, uh, yeah. So Lemmy Kilmeister, uh, Kilmeister, whatever the fuck his last name is. Uh, he was like a second, like a, like a second roadie that would just lug around all Hendrix's shit. And, uh, so he'd also buy acid for Hendrix whenever they were on the road. And so he'd buy 10 hits and then he'd give Jimmy seven and then he'd take three. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And so fucking, pretty crazy and uh after so after monterey the everyone knows monterey pop festival the yeah. famous hendrix performance not everybody but you know most people do uh the famous uh performance where he lit his uh guitar on fire mm-hmm. i believe is that's performance right yeah um so apparently owsley stanley the guy we were talking about that uh, was the live sound engineer for the dead who also built the wall of sound he uh, gave Jimmy a gift of thousands of his famous white lightning tabs, which were triple the strength. Because <laughs> normal, like normal, what like normal doses of Owsley acid, they uh, said they was around like 270 micrograms. So if it's triple the strength, that's fucking uh, what 810, 810 micrograms. And uh, so fucking Jimmy was taking like handfuls of those and then literally like went up until he was giving them away, taking handfuls. And then up until he had to go back to the UK, he like, then he just threw it all in the trash. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, that's fucked. It's interesting because there's uh, actually like famous white lightning press pills in the like Grateful Dead family that's been around forever. And they're they're, uh, sassafras, the MDA. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're really cool little tiny white pills with the little bolt on them and it's oh yeah yeah i wonder if that's it's uh, i wonder if which one started first i would assume probably the lsd yeah because the 67 67 was the monterey pop festival this was the year this was yeah when we were kids they used to call nick white lightning um when he was on stage playing drums wait really yeah damn they call me white mamba on the basketball court (laughs) (laughs) Don't take, don't take any you? helicopter flights, dude. Yeah. Okay. How tall are you? Are you taller than Ryan? <laughs> what? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just 5'10". I just, <laughs> just like basketball. <laughs> Nick just balls out, dude. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. One I last mean, thing before we leave, like, rock music in yeah. the 60s in San Francisco. You guys could search it up. There's this really obscure record by this band, Lumbee. It's L-U-M-B-E-E. And it's called Overdose. And the photo is this crazy, like, photo um, of these kids, like, next to, like, hookah. uh, What what would it be called? Like, a hookah hookah rig? Hookah rig or whatever. I mean, it's just called a hookah. I don't know. And there's just other stuff. So it's super trippy. And you open up the record, and it has a Monopoly-style game that's all... Oh, I know this one. That's yeah. all based off LSD. Well, And it's this super trick. Yeah, and you, and it's really hard to find that record, and when you find it, it's really hard to find it with the whole game. And then, it like, you know Monopoly has the dollars? Yeah. This one has its own set of dollars, and it's all... And all the rules and all the banks and everything has to do with LSD. It'll be like... 
If you land one, it's like take one toke, Whoa. or it's like took too many tabs, have a bat go through back three spaces. You're having a bad trip, or it's like yeah. Or if you yeah, have to go so to sick. if you have to go to the prison, it's like the fuzz caught you. Like there's <laughs> just all this the stuff. Fuzz. Yeah, so it's just like to me when it comes to LSD, that is the coolest record packaging that you can find. To, Damn, to, Damn there, there's 28 for sale for 10 bucks. What? Wait, with the fucking all the shits, all the shits. What do you mean? Yeah, original, original pressing with all the inserts. I don't know for if they're original. I can't tell. I'm on Discogs. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Let me see. Oh, the homie pulled up Discogs on your bitch ass. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, he said, it's, "No, bro. It's, it's, it's probably worth like more, like up like sixty to a hundred dollars with if you have everything." Yo, give me a shake uh, and okay. see what pops up, dude. On Discogs. Oh, let's see who has the most fire shit come up. You guys don't have your record collection uh, in Discogs, do you? No. Damn, big side. I got Black Sabbath. Which uh, which one? Black Sabbath, they, Black Sabbath. Yeah, be Damn, a- that's a good one, dude. Top okay, that, so I, okay, so here's I got Black Sabbath shake. Paranoid, dude. No. Okay, I win. Ooh, so it, it's a hundred. It's a yeah. hundred bucks. February sixteenth, one sold, um, in really good condition. Hundred. Another one with in pretty bad shape, still sold for seventy five. Damn. So if it oh, has, the, it's if it has the game and everything. That's where the real value is. Do you have that? Makes that makes sense. Yeah. I assume you have that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, but yeah. I, I found it on eBay for hella cheap because the guy spelled the band name wrong. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, he listed it as lumber. <laughs> so, so were you just on eBay looking for some wood, yeah, dude? Yeah, no, I think I, I, I think I <laughs> Home Depot was out. No, I typed I think I typed in I typed in Lumby, but then my computer like autocorrected it. Oh no and way! Then, boom! There was one listing, and I made an offer, super low. Guy accepted it. So. Dude, fuck yeah! That's what an crazy. idiot! That guy sucks. Yeah, that guy does suck, dude. What a pussy! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's fucking dope, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I pretty much don't have anything else to talk about besides like just fucking H- Hendrix is dope. His oh, dude, nice. He went Californication, he went. dude. Yeah, Californication. Damn, Nick Nick did a little shake and got a. Californication. Oh, and then Dylan and the Dead came out. Oh, I forgot to mention, yeah, Bob Dylan fucking did acid and shit too. Damn. Pretty sick. Nice. Really? I wish it made his voice sound a little better. I did two tabs. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Dylan's the goat, dude. Fuck you. Micah, what do you got? Um, hmm. Well, um, all I was really going to bring up was that uh, there's like, I think in the music festival scene right now, there's just probably been like the most prominent drug used is lsd yeah and a lot of uh people may think like oh all these raver kids are using mdma a bunch but i've from my experience i've noticed a lot of for one it's genre specific but even like um what would you call it like uh like festival wise specific most most people are taking lsd and i've even talked to people that went to coachella and were like oh yeah lsd is really really popular here even and i was surprised by that because i was like oh i wouldn't have assumed uh that kind of music would have you know piqued people's interest in taking acid but i don't know i think what i was going to mention is there's just a huge influence still on people's like appreciation for music that comes from taking acid and a lot of people that um 
are going to these festivals plan it out. They're always like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to take acid this weekend. And I think that that's yeah, really yeah. It's you know dope. I think it's unfortunate because obviously the hippie counterculture caused all these people to be like, oh, it's just a fucking hippie drug. All these hippies, peace, love, fucking music yeah. or whatever. And now all of a sudden Silicon Valley is taking microdoses and it's like a normalized thing. It's obviously safe. So now it's it, it's getting a greater appreciation across the board. But it sucks. it sucks that it took like normal ass people to be like oh no it's cool guys well even normal ass people were doing it back in the day like the harvard people and but it's like but it was just like what you said yeah it was so blown out of proportion with the hippie counterculture that everyone was just like oh like fucking yeah everything you just said it's the people who wanted to trust the government and all the fucking ads being like not even once i just showed you that video of uh the not even once campaign that's just fucking horrifying it's like the the kid is gonna stab his brother for smoking weed and yeah. they ran these ads and it scared the fuck out of people yeah exactly it, maybe know, like reefer people, madness and people were scared to indulge and now i mean there's enough information out there to know that those were just complete blatant lies yeah that i, I it's cool that more people are doing it because it's i don't know spread the love i guess you know yeah yeah, yeah i that, completely agree and I feel like it gives a lot of people better appreciation for like, uh, you know, a complex track. Like when they take acid at a live event, they're able to end up hearing all these different pieces that they may not have heard originally just listening to it, not on acid, maybe at home, you know. And it ends up creating this whole new experience for some people that like, and we've talked about it with MDMA. There's some people that get like those flashback feelings when they, um, you know, they will listen to a song that they listened to when they were on it and they almost feel like they're back on MDMA. Yeah. I feel like with LSD, it's so many people end up having these, like, it, it, it sort of mediates your experience. A lot of, I think a lot of people would mention that synesthesia effect. You can almost end up kind of seeing, your visuals will almost like go toward the, you know, rhythm of the music, essentially. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say, it makes for a very damn cool experience when you're out in a, festival with a shit yeah. ton of people <laughs> yeah unless you're at a fucking hip-hop festival and you get stampeded negative yeah. shout out like I, to hey, fucking... I, told, I told ryan this before but <laughs> dude that's what you get for hanging out with black people bro oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i mean hung out with bl- more than five black people at one time and got like shot at <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing, I just, I'm on record i just have to say aaron is black just so no oh, one yeah, thinks yeah, we're yeah, fucking. Yeah. By the just way, talking, <laughs> just talking, saying terrible things about black people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was a terrible situation, and no one even got shot at. That was just a fucking a fight broke out, oh, yeah, which is right. typical for a hip hop festival. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm busting your balls, but I was gonna say <laughs> that I made a shout out lovers and friends. Sorry, yeah, the, for the longest time, just like how I felt as a kid uh, when I was growing up in music, the kind of like the not hatred, but like the. I didn't really like the Beatles as much when I started like getting more into music. I always had like this thing against like EDM and I was, I don't know why, just didn't think, I was just ignorant, you know? Sure. And I went to a few raves with some friends and dude, it's, it's fucking, I think um, dancing and music go fucking hand in hand. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, you guys will probably talk about this sooner or soon on this podcast, but I think like scientifically, like dancing is like your, like your body is just like, it, it, this is like overcome by this feeling that it doesn't know what else to do except for just to fucking dance. That's so, so, sick, so yeah. when you, when you 
hear music like that like it, it was a really fun experience and i was fucking rolling balls but i mean it was a beautiful experience because i was at this festival and um seeing people like truly enjoy just hearing music and being overcome by that feeling that i feel when i listen to the chili peppers or that i feel when i listen to sly you know and they didn't know what else to do but just to fucking dance you know so i i gained i gained like a pretty strong affinity towards uh electric dance music and then i think uh the last time i did uh acid which was like two 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 a little over two years ago i gained a huge respect for like house music yeah and also a lot of a lot of drum and bass music so i i i'm coming around and that whole experience that i had two and a half years ago opened my eyes completely to to music because i was just like dude i don't give a fuck like who it is what artist is putting it out if i fucking like the way it sounds i like i like it there's no i can't deny it yeah fucking if Katy perry came out tomorrow and released a banger i can't fucking deny that what are you talking about fireworks dude that's a fucking banger bro (laughs) come on (laughs) dude i kissed a girl and i liked it that's a banger too yeah I like this makes me kind of think of uh, <laughs> California girls. <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah, that, that song should have been featuring Anthony. Oh Kiers, yeah, not true. Chicken dong dang dang dong dong. Dong dang True. Um. Yeah. No, I, I agree because that's how I was about like uh, EDM and like you know like. Uh, I know Tipper, like, some of the Tipper, like, Jettison Mind Hatchery said is just more of just an ambient electronic album, but, like, yeah. I used to, like, not really, like, dubstep or, like, any EDM or any of that stuff, but, like, that was, like, the pathway that, like, allowed me to, like, start mm-hmm. listening to that stuff, because, like, like, Micah showed me Jettison Mind Hatch, and I was like, holy fuck, dude, yeah. like, this shit is insane, like, sonically, like, so fucking pleasing to listen to, like, just this, like, the high frequency, like, these little, like, sound effects that just, like, tickle your eardrums Absolutely. almost. Like, it's fucking <laughs> so sonically pleasing to listen to. It's amazing. And we should all listen to it at Nick's house sometimes. Because, like, I on his a, system, it's going to fucking sound crazy. I had a similar experience uh, with The Grateful Dead. Before taking acid, I was just like, oh, what's this weird Americana hippie music? Like, didn't really give a shit about it. And then Same. taking acid, and you start to hear all the intricacies and just how talented these people were at putting together yeah. music mm-hmm. and how it just blends so fucking well. You can't unhear that. It's weird yeah, what, what hallucinogens can do for your taste of music. Well, Dude, then I was going to yeah. say, do you remember your experience last year in, in Brooklyn? Yeah. He hits the DMP pen and he looks over at me after he comes out of it and he's just like, I kind of understand this now. I get it. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's literally what I said. I hit I the DMP you guys pen. Go here. I was out of it Wait, for like five you, minutes. You understood I Brooklyn, did. or what'd you understand? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I get, I get Brooklyn. Dude. I get that you you can't sleep until you get to Brooklyn, dude. No, <laughs> I, like, I, I finally hymns now. I finally heard the music for the first time. Yeah. No, that's fucking sick, dude. Oh, oh, this was you, so that this dead experience was in Brooklyn. No, 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 no. The dead experience is different. So uh, uh, Micah and I went to Brooklyn for a music festival thing, a concert, and uh, and. It's it's not really my cup of tea music, but then when we were there, like I was enjoying it, but then I hit the DMT pen and I finally like got it. I got with the like the message, Absolutely. not the message, but like I understood the flow of it for the first time. Yeah, it's pretty fucking yeah. sick, dude. And you know, there's pe- there's people who will say, uh, like, there's some squares out there that will say like you don't need drugs to um, feel these kind of things, 
We call those people pussies. But dude, yeah, that's like yes, yeah, <laughs> fucking kidding. squares. But like, Sorry. dude, I'm a fucking I'm a fucking musician. I've been fucking. I've felt this feeling since I was a kid, a sober fucking child. You know, when I when I would be listening to CDs, and I'd feel these feelings that these feelings that like uh, like I was explaining, like where you just want to dance or you just want to jump around. Um, but when you there's no denying that when you um, indulge in something like like a like a joint or a tab it kind of opens up a lot dude we talk about it all the time like we listen we'll listen to jazz all day and night just so we can like like listen to it yeah but when you smoke a joint and you throw a jazz record on you understand how every instrument is communicating with each other you hear the hits they're all accenting at the same time you start hearing shit that you you wouldn't normally hear absolutely yeah it's crazy i i love waking up on like a day off and just getting stoned and listening to jazz music, like that's yeah. like just how I start my day, and it's fucking so nice. Absolutely, it is so nice. Uh, it's funny because even like groove damage rehearsals and stuff when we would fucking record rehearsals mm-hmm. back in the day over at uh, fucking Connors, like yeah, you sh- you would show up, and I'd like hear you slapping jazz music from like down the street. Yeah, and uh, I'd be like, damn, homie's getting in the headspace, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, I actually find it weird because. If I I've actually like almost tested this to where if I go to like a show or to a rehearsal um, or to the, the studio and I listen to just rock music bef- as I'm going in, I I get burnt out quicker. Like I yeah. get bur- mentally burnt out on the rock sound quicker. So I'll either go and listen to like I listen to a lot of hip hop going into the, the studio with you. Oh fuck yeah! I listen to a whole lot of hip hop and uh, I listen to a whole lot of jazz and I listen to a lot of soul. Uh, I've, I've, but I had to throw some rock in there just so I can like, you know, kind of pull some shit, you know, for sure. for, as inspiration, but you can pull inspiration from anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would go in and listen to, uh, like I listened to all eyes on me front to back. It's a nice. long, first of all, that's a long ass album. I didn't know. Is it? it? Was, yeah. It's like an hour. The, the, the record, the original record is four LPs. <laughs> Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Shit. I'm like, damn, Tupac, how much is there a rap about, bro? Tupac? More like four Pac. <laughs> I'm a thug. <laughs> Homie called himself a thug. Call him, he called himself a thug like 80 times in like an hour. I was like, all right, do we get it? You're a thug. <laughs> that's, a hard, that's a hard album to get through. Yeah, I don't know. Great I've never album. been a big fan. of. I, I do like Tupac, but he's definitely not one of my favorite rappers. Like, what do you guys, th- I don't what do you guys like think about Flatbush? Flatbush Zombies? Dude, I was listening to Emraz earlier. That song is so good. Their records go for good money, dude. Really? Have you really? seen that shit, dude? Their records go for good money. I had no idea. I mean, I know yeah. all Flatbush Zombies and stuff, yeah. but I didn't know the records went for like. So that. they started out as a group because they like they bonded over Dragon Ball Z and some other nerdy shit, which is mm-hmm. dope as fuck. And then they were taking <laughs> LSD together and then started rapping. Fuck and yeah. so they were they were definitely influenced by LSD from the beginning. Hell yeah. But they even created a subgroup called Clockwork Indigo based Whoa. off of an acid trip that they had while watching Clockwork Orange. Dude, fuck yeah. Nice. <laughs> what's the group about? What do they do? What? I said, what's the group about? What do they do? That's they just, scary. They rap. And they all know. dressed up in the white suits. <laughs> they kick clothes. Fucking, like the Clockwork Orange dudes. Yeah. Whoa. That's a that's a movie to watch on LSD though. Fuck no. <laughs> I've, only, I've never seen that movie in full. I've only seen parts of it. Oh, what it's are you really doing? Good. I you know, dude. I fucked thing. up, dude. Have you ever the whole seen, like have you ever seen whole... Happy Gilmore. Yeah, happy. it's like nothing like that. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the. I love the. You ever seen Transformers? <laughs> I love the lyric in yes. Emraz though. He says, "I'm like." Uh, he says, "I'm like Randy Savage mixed with acid." 
Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Didn't you say that? Uh, where, was it them that was that they would always wear steelies? Uh, or was yeah, that, they're uh, always in dead gear. Yeah, that's fucking, fucking sick. And like in their videos, dropping acid and water and like taking hits and shit. That's like, they're so highly, sick, highly dude. influenced by LSD. <laughs> yeah, I I think another thing that might be cool to talk about is the fact that it it's speculated that you know humans have been um, taking mind altering like plants and uh, you know kind of drugs as far as you can go back in recorded history. Yeah. And also music, as far as back as you go in in history, there has been music in every single fucking culture. Absolutely, every yeah. single culture. You go back. Yeah, to Native the fucking American cavemen. culture is really fucking cool. And when you look back and realize that they were eating like peyote and yeah. like all these different things to to kind of get high and make yeah. their music around the the fire, it's really fucking cool. And tri- it, it, yeah, go tribal sorry. music is so heavy. Yes. It's dude, so yeah. Dude, I, I I recommend listening to a Mickey Hart's Planet Drum. It is a fucking... It's Mickey Hart is one of the drummers from the dead. Have we listened to that? I don't know if I've put I it on know. for you guys. I need to still get his new album. His new album yeah. is fucking sick. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically Mickey Hart was the second drummer of the dead. Mm-hmm. And like both his parents were like drummers. Uh, and I think they actually won some like crazy competition for like best like drum team or whatever. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, he brought all these like crazy like you know percussion, percussion elements yeah. and stuff to the dead. And um, uh, fuck, where was I going with this? God damn it! Nice. Does it have to do with uh, oh Planet Trump? Drum? Yes. Yeah, so Planet Drum is him and uh, I don't remember the other guy's name, but they is this group of people that would uh oh thanks for letting me oh now I remember thanks yeah. for the notes. Uh, so. Uh, it's just basically this like super fucking dope like album uh, that I, I actually listened to one time while I was smoking DMT and it fucking tripped me the fuck out because like it's just like some of it is like all these like crazy like fucking like chants and like yeah. just drum patterns and stuff like that and it's fucking super trippy mm-hmm. and it's super dope and uh yeah I'm I'm jealous of motherfucker like motherfuckers back then who would uh well like like back in like when tribal music was the thing. And because it was a way of life for them, it, like they would have songs if they were in a, like a drought, they would do songs for rain. They would have songs to make the rain go away. You know, yeah. they, well, that, that's what uh, Eminem's song "Lose Yourself" was all about. You oh, know, yeah, he, lose he wanted yourself that rain to in the back. music, the moment. You know, yeah, damn. It's like you would just take a bunch of fucking yeah. peyote and just lose yourself. Yeah, he was really on. He was really on to something when he when he wrote that one. Huh. Yeah. Do you do you think the mom- his, his palms were sweaty too, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you think do you <laughs> That's think referencing the, the drug? The, yeah. yeah. The like the drug. What do you think he meant by spaghetti though? Well, I think I think he probably did ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. And then he was throwing up his mom's spaghetti. Yeah. On his shirt, mm, on his sweater his, already. His mom dosed. <laughs> so he's a lightweight. Him. Yeah. Yeah. His yeah. mom dosed him on. Fucking and then he ayahuasca. went full schizophrenic and just murdered Kim in that song. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because he talked about how his mom gave him drugs all the time who's to say those drugs weren't lsd Ooh, or ayahuasca dmt i mean he's to say that i yeah, mean you can still project the album i never meant to give you mushrooms girl true yeah, <laughs> i never meant to bring you to my world <laughs> purple pills dude that's not dude good. yeah that is a good song um i guess right. positive shout out on eminem that's cool uh yeah. eminem and him and him um fucking yeah uh Chance the Rapper, pretty dope. Uh, his album, uh, or I guess this is a mixtape or album, but Acid tri- Acid Trips. Acid Rap? Acid, uh, sorry, Acid Rap. Why did I say it? Acid Trips. I'm uh, actually pissed I know that. Yeah, that's no, fucking 
my bad, dude. Uh, acid rap uh, is basically a whole album like based on his like acid trips that he would have. Nice. Yeah. ASAP Rocky had a song called yeah, LSD. Yep. Yeah. Um, back when I was in high school, I used to listen to that. Every time I do acid, not, I look back on that, I'm like, I was such a little fuck. <laughs> I bet MF did like, acid. I was tripping balls. I, I, so. I could have been figuring shit out in my life, but I was like, dude... ASAP Rocky. <laughs> look at, look at the, him walk with this sexy-ass Asian girl, dude. I'm so the high. Artist, <laughs> <laughs> the artist that I was almost sure going into this episode researching that it, it had been influenced by LSD was Damon Alborn. I couldn't find anything about that. Who's Damon the, Alborn? The Gorillas. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. My bad, dude. I only know him as his first name, Damon, who is the dude. Who he only knows him as that boy? animated guy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, who was yeah. I talking to the other day about uh, the gorillas are fucking really just probably yourself, uh, Pearl bro. Jam? Was that with you guys? You're probably what talking to your fuck fucking self. Oh, I was. Uh, oh no, it was my 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 buddy. Yo, positive shout out Ori. Uh, positive shout out inner dialogue. No, <laughs> positive shout out Ori. Dude, we were talking about uh, that uh, fucking um, Pearl Jam is really just the, or that the. Hold on, let me let me pull up this text message thread because this is really funny, Pearl Jam? dude. That don't you, no who, dude? Who who knows, dude? Feel good. Is there a conspiracy <laughs> that the, the that the gorillas are just is just Pearl Jam? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hold on, let me pull this up, dude, because it's a legit fucking theory. No, um, ever no friend, and there ain't no friend, and there ain't no friend of mine. What's that song? Oh, so fucking. Uh, so I sent him this video of this dude making a Pearl Jam song, and then he was like, "I think yeah, I he is it. Pearl Jam," and I was like, "Do you think Pearl Jam is like the Gorillas?" And then he was like, "Pearl Jam is the is the gorilla is the gorilla." So that's your whole theory. That's that's not. He said that's also a conspiracy. Dude, he told me, dude. It's or he told me that that conspiracy has no legs, dude. What? No, like, nah, what? Dude, that's I. That's I. They're so different, true, dude. Nah, dude. Pearl Jam is the Gorillas. But if Damon Alborn has not taken LSD or any kind of psychedelic drugs to come up with all that. That dude's on a ne- another level. Maybe he just meditates a bunch. No, yeah. I don't know. I think he's a dick, man. Like I, I heard something about Prince wanting to have him record in his studio one time, and Damon was like, "If I can't smoke a, uh, you know, the F slur, um, <laughs> hmm. means his cigarette. You know, if I can't smoke my cigarette inside the studio, then I will not record with you." And Prince was like, "All right, well, like, sorry, you can't smoke in here." And so he just completely didn't. He walked out on That's him. That's fair. Prince said I that. Mean, yeah, no. Prince said that Damon uh, wanted, to smoke, wanted to smoke a cigarette so bad, and Prince didn't want him to smoke inside the studio, and, and uh, Damon got super pissed off about it. It was just like, fuck you. And left. Positive shout out <laughs> Prince, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure Prince slept great that night. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't right? limit a dude's uh, stogie intake. Come on. <laughs> yeah, let the homie smoke, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, I think we're at the point to where uh, we can get into personal stories if we want to talk any personal stories. If anyone wants to share any, I, know I think I have some. the first the first time I ever did LSD, uh, it's going to be a confession, and I'm not going to give a give away all the details. But I'll give a little hint, a little sneak peek of what the confession's going to be. So uh, Micah and I, we were going up to Eugene the fucking hippiest place in Oregon to yeah. find some acid. We had no idea how we were going to get acid. We just knew we were going to find it, right? I love and, this story. And we were like 16 and or 17 or something. And then so we just drove up and we were going to meet up with a friend at the hot springs and some weird ass shit happened there that's going to be in the confession that I'm not going to say. Uh, but we met up with these like wizard guys, right? And we had 
not enough money on us, and we, they somehow gave us like ten hits of acid, or it was it. It was nine. Nine hits of acid, even though we did not have the money for that. Yeah, and they even gave us a little weed. They were like, "Here, you, you'll need this for the come down." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we uh, we get to Eugene. And we we distribute the acid. I think I took like three hits for my first time or something. And so you took four. four. Yeah. I took three, and Travis took two. Yeah, nice. And it was like it was the weirdest experience ever because I've I had full ego death my first ever time. I mean, I took four hits for my first time ever taking it. We just walked around Eugene, got sizzle pie, and uh, yeah, it was a really in- intense experience. Hell yeah. But that, but the weird stuff that happened is going to be in a confession, so if you want to hear that, uh, head over to the Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. Hell yeah. And how, and how can they find the Patreon again? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash D-O-O-C or you can just look it up on Patreon.com Just do it, Drinking guys. Out of Cups. You can also find it on our link tree on Instagram. Dude, the confessions oh. are top notch, dude. And it was such a magical experience that the next day we like we found this wizard lighter in one of our pockets that was like oh, a metal shit. engraved wizard lighter <clears throat> from these wizards who blessed us with LSD. And didn't that yeah. w- that lighter just continue to like keep popping up over like a few years? If you guys would like throw in the trash and it would just pop up again. It, yeah, and it passed between all three of us. Yeah, that's fucking times. nuts. Um, it was actually I'm glad you brought up your first LSD experience because I I wanted to mention mine. Um. Because it has a weird influence with the LS, or with the Grateful Dead and the Further Bus, um, my dad actually I, I found him on Facebook when I was like 15, and I started messaging him, and we started talking and stuff. And so he was living in he, he still lives in Lower East Side, Manhattan, and he ended up um, telling I was like, oh, I've never tried LSD, and he's like, oh, I'll send you some. So he sent me two blotters in this little uh, rolled up like it was like a little flyer for a Further show in New York. And it had like a steely on it. And then inside the steely head was a LSD molecule. And so then, um, anyway, I took one of the blotters and spent all night up in the in my house. My mom was like out on vacation or something. So I had, I had the house to myself. It was dope. I had a great experience. Um, and then in, when the morning came, the sun was rising. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a bike ride. Like that's what the first, the, the dude that first tried it did. You know, I'm going to do a yeah. little bicycle ride day. <laughs> <laughs> and when I rode just not barely like like half a mile maybe down the road, I passed the Masonic Center and there was the further bus, one of them, parked out front of it that was just there for like people to view and come and hang out and check, take oh, pictures shit. of. And it's like, you know, beginning of the morning. And I was just like making all these, I was just having a trip because making all these connections in my head. Like what the fuck that, you yeah. know, he sent me this shit in further yeah. paper and then it was like, the further bus is there. It was just so weird. And that's yeah, one that of the things weird. that I think is a trip that I think a lot of people can agree on with LSD experiences is that there's just so many weird synchronicities and yeah. strange coincidences that will happen that just make no sense. And it seems like it only happens when you're on it. And then even or when afterward. You, or afterward, yeah. yeah. And if you've been taking it for a while, you start noticing all these strange things. And you're kind of, it's interesting. It's almost like you've actually tuned in to a different level of like thinking yeah. and it's you're able to like pick up on stuff that you might not have ever picked up on originally or had a connection to make between the two I love shit um, like that though definitely right? <laughs> yeah. definitely 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 love that type of shit oh definitely. for sure <laughs> um yeah uh fucking uh one of the stories I was gonna mention uh cause we mentioned the Jimi Hendrix thing uh about like doubling your doses and stuff like that. I personally don't think that actually works that well because I have done that and it really doesn't work and it actually kind of fucked me over one time. <laughs> Not really fucked me over, but I just ended up taking way too much LSD yeah. than I wanted to. 
And because uh, I I never really had done more than one dose. And then I was one time hanging out with uh, Raven and his girlfriend and we were at the coast. And uh, they were like, yeah, dude, like every time we take more than one hit, it's like always great. And I was like, all right, for sure. So I took like two doses, uh, like two tabs. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know, they didn't really get me like super high or whatever. Like it was like it was because I think the first time I did LSD was like pretty strong acid because uh, this like even taking two was less than like the first couple of times I had yeah. taken it. And uh, so I was like, oh, well, all right, well, I'll just take more tomorrow. So I ended up taking six tabs the next day, still barely felt anything. And I was like, damn, like, I don't know, like maybe this acid is just super weak. Like, I don't know. And then waited like over two weeks and then uh, took like I had seven remaining tabs left and I just took all of them and I was just planning on hanging out. I was at my parents' house uh, for a little bit during COVID and uh, they were on vacation. So I was there by myself and uh, I was like, oh, I'll just take these seven hits of ass and just have a chill day. Just fucking watch the Matrix, whatever, yeah. just vibe, <laughs> you know? I took all seven and within like a half hour, I was like, oh, God damn it, dude. <laughs> and then I fucking had to call Justice, uh, Juice, our uh, part-time producer slash Raven's brother. Um, <laughs> and I was like, dude, can you please come pick me up? Like, I cannot be here right now. Like, I'm losing my fucking shit. Yeah. And so he ended up coming and picking me up and taking me to the river and stuff. And it was like a great day. But like. I was dude, swimming on acid is the craziest feeling, dude. especially in the Deschutes. That's like thirty degrees. Yeah, it was yeah, very har- intense. Harm reduction wise, though, have someone there with you that's not sober if you're going to be doing that. Dude, that is absolutely, sober. yeah. I, mean, I, was, of- I was lucky that Justice was able to come pick me up and like he was sober and like was a great fucking like trip sitter and stuff. Like yeah. you know, he just puts on like stuff to, to like keep your mind like occupied so you're not fucking yeah. like Where are you thinking about to- it. F- fix your parents audio equipment in their rv too. that was a different time that i was uh, only on Ryan? i was only on one tab that, that tracks time. that tracks like <laughs> <laughs> no one time i was only on one tab and my parents were on vacation again in that same summer and uh i had helped my dad wire up his fucking uh the motorhome that they have with yeah. like a bunch of like speakers and like audio shit and uh and he couldn't get it to work and like called me and i didn't answer and because i was like on lcd and he texted me and i was like fuck so i had to like talk my way through like like talk myself up and be like, all right, I can do this. Like I can do this. I can talk. Yeah. I can talk to him. And so I called him back and like, w- like worked, like talk, told him like how to do everything. Like while I was like tripping pretty hard. I mean, not Fuck, super hard. Dude. It was only one tab, but like still it was like fucking, it was actually, it was actually one tab of that fucking, the double dose LSD that you gave me, Micah. <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't think I would be able funny. to do that. It was hard. No. It was definitely, tr- I don't think tough. I'd be able to do that. Um, But anyway, so this time I took the seven hits. Justice took me to the river and just like it was fucking super fun and definitely was like a lot better than being at home because I was like at the river it was like summertime there was like fucking yeah like the the fucking greenery on the Deschutes River and Bend is so beautiful there is no better feeling than when you're um you're tripping and you know you're with a safe person absolutely yeah it's a really and you good know feeling. you're just in good hands yeah dude i was like you're in good company. as soon as he picked me up i was just like whatever happens like it's gonna be fine yeah, like absolutely. and uh and that was actually the time I was, I was talking to myself in the backseat of the car uh him and another friend were driving uh as we were leaving the river go back going back to his house and i was just like full dog brain just like <laughs> we were driving through downtown and Wolf. i was like looking out the window and i was like whoa what was that like in my head like <laughs> And thinking I'm saying this in my head and I'm like, whoa, what was that? Oh, I was like, oh, n- nothing. I'm just, I'm just high. And then like another second later, I was like, whoa, whoa, what was that? Like looking out the window and like, yeah. 
I was like, oh, never mind. I'm just high. And then I see them both in the front seat just look at each other, just like, what the fuck? Just laughing. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Did I say that out loud, dude? (laughs) Uh, You're like, oh, that that guy's mom's so hot. I don't know how to tell him. No internal dialogue. I would totally sleep with his mom. He's like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) True. Uh, So, yeah, fucking. But yeah, if you're going to be taking anything more than like a like a small dose of psychedelics definitely make sure somebody's there with you that is like experienced uh either sober like especially like over like a few tabs like and you're not and and if you're not experienced and taking like like higher doses of lsd um also be cautious of who you do it around too absolutely Absolutely. that's like one of the most important parts yeah set and set i've I've done acid around people who are kind of like violent and uh, like mental health problems sometimes, like a couple times. And I had this one really scary experience where one of my best friends at the time, we did acid together and he would not stop rummaging. He had his gun and would not stop rummaging around trying to find a bullet to kill himself. And I was just Jesus like, Christ. fuck, dude, what is going on? Not the not vibe. Good. Yeah, that's not not the vibe. Not the well, yeah, vibe. we know, we know a that's guy. That's not that even a sober vibe. We know a lot of acid. Where did I put that bullet? It's like fucking Velma. Have you seen my bullet? What were you gonna say, Micah? Raven and I know a dude that stabbed himself in the chest multiple times. Oh, I heard about this. You guys know survived. He survived, but he thought he was trying to get the demons out. Shit was crazy. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. I remember Elliot hearing Smith. that story. Elliot Smith is a uh dude, he's like one of those guys, like um his music's kind of depressing. It he makes happy songs, but dude, he he's, he sta- he, he stabbed himself familiar. in the heart. He 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 committed suicide by stabbing himself Jesus in the heart. Jesus Christ. And it's kinda like the do you guys know who Chris Cornell is? Yes. Uh it sounds familiar. He's uh he was a singer of Soundgarden and dude, after his, after his suicide and after um, Elliot Smith's suicide. You listen to the lyrics, and it's kind of crazy. It's like a, like they were crying for help the whole time, you know, and they were just massive hits. So damn, kind of sad. But damn, whoa! I didn't know that fucking Elliot Smith was a member of uh, fucking the music Dead. scene. Well, you know, he was a member of the music scene in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking uh, crazy. He was, he was born in Nebraska, but fucking yeah. Oh, that's well. There's a lot of sad. Swag. You know, gnarly music coming out of Portland all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a depressing city. That's for sure. It is. So is Seattle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When me and Aaron were up in Washington together, yeah, we we visited like Aberdeen, which is the the little town that lumber capital of the world, that uh, this boring ass town that Kurt Cobain grew up in. Nirvana came out of there. uh, The Melvins. Melvins, Yeah. Nice. It just all made sense why. Why grunge music? Yeah, came out of there. It's like, oh, we were out there and we were like, I get it. I, I even took a video, like, uh, yep. you know, by this river. It's hailing, and it's just all these houses are all beat up. And it's everything. so depressing. Yeah. Depressing. <laughs> and I take his video and I send it to Buzz, the singer of the Melvins. And I was just like hanging out in Aberdeen, and his response to the text was just, "What the hell are you doing, there? right?" <laughs> <laughs> That's like, so yeah. funny. Did I, you? I love Oregon, but I'm ready to leave. Yeah, dude. Every time I come back, I'm like, come to fuck. LA, bro. It's very crusty. I might go to Austin. Austin's fun too. Yeah, Austin's tight. I'll, me- I'll meet you in the middle of Austin. Sounds good. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all just moved to Austin, dude. <laughs> oh, dude, say less. That'd be fucking sick. Um, no, fuck Texas, dude. Yeah, what the uh, says the guy who's never been. I, dude, I don't know. I, I, I like I like Texas. 
Texas is Same. fun, yeah. Yeah, all right. Maybe I'll get. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck you. I've heard so many bad things about Texas. There are. Too. That's listen, from a lot of people that have never been to Texas. Most of the yeah, people I've, I've heard in, this from are people listen, who grew up in Texas. I've been. I live in Texas, and dude, it. There are some whack parts about Texas. Yeah. I will say that there are some definitely like there's some definite whack shit about Texas. There's a huge rivalry between California and Texas, and someone who's lived in both places, I can tell you without a doubt, California is so much fucking better. Just it's just better. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. It's just, as like a, as a as a general state, like I'm sure there's like sick parts of Texas, like Austin and shit like that. Of course, yeah. But like uh, the cost of living and like yeah. just like the yeah. not as many rules and stuff is better in Texas though. Yeah, except for yeah. that abortion no income rule. Tax. <laughs> yeah, except for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a vasectomy later this month. I don't know. Oh, dude, about say that. less. <laughs> are, you, are you actually? Yeah. yeah. On the 20th. Wait, can you get that undone? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, but I'm not interested. You're not going to have any kids? No, fuck no. And if I do, I'll adopt. I fuck those kids. Also, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not a dad. I have not. I don't have a dad personality. Yeah, I feel that. I don't want kids either. I'm definitely trying to have a vasectomy too as well. I feel that, but I feel like I'm going to have a dope ass kid. Like my kid's going to get in trouble at school for like calling somebody a bitch and I'm just, <laughs> like in a funny way that's some a, funny shit you, you know, know you've convinced me i'll have a kid just so he can call someone a bitch <laughs> like i feel I, like my, like they're gonna call me like your son said this to the principal and i'm gonna have to like hold the phone away from my mouth and laugh and be like <laughs> all right yeah so what i can pick him up or what? <laughs> take him out to a fucking super nice restaurant yeah, yeah take him to get some ice cream like dude that's just funny <laughs> my, my kids are I gonna think- fucking like just fucking do the best talent show you could ever fucking imagine. He's like, <laughs> and his show and tell, he's going to bring his little fucking records and his rookie cards and his, all this shit, man. That's going to be my fucking kid. If he's not, I'm going to get a vasectomy. Damn. Right? That's how it works. Oh, yeah. right? and, then he, and then he disappears, right? Yeah, think, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, dude. I think LSD has definitely been a big influence on why I've realized I don't need a kid in life and why, yeah. like, other people should. I agree with that. Like, if you have that in you, but just me, I I, I think it'd be really selfish if I had a kid. Yeah, LSD's same. been a huge a huge influence in my life, just in general. I even have the LSD molecule tattooed on my leg. Yeah, dude. I was thinking about after I had oh, you're cool, fucking, bro. After I had you justice tattooed, <laughs> after I had justice tattooed the fucking penguin, dude. I was like, damn, I should get the LSD molecule too. But then I was like, eh. Raven's already got it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> That'd be cute. You guys should do it. Yeah, yeah, it's totally like like thousands of other people. Yeah, but they're all fucking lame. Raven's cool. That would people. be so cute. I think you guys should do that. <laughs> Dude, we already got matching penguins with the nitrous tanks. With, by the way, people, we finally did it. All three of us have the fucking penguins with the nitrous tanks. Shout out the nitrous episode. Yeah, shout out penguin. Club Dank. penguin X rated. <laughs> exactly, did. Um, yeah. But yeah, fucking. Do you want to... Aaron, talk about any personal experiences? Sure, why not? Um, Let's see. The last time I did uh, LSD was like a little over two years ago. And it was just like, I think the one of like the best nights of my life in terms of experimenting with uh, different drugs. Um, We, uh, me and my buddy, we got invited to this apartment in Glendale and, uh, I was really excited to go there because there was there was this woman there that this really beautiful Armenian woman there. Nice. And I could not wait to see her. So the fact that like that we were going over there, I was like already hyped. And <laughs> did you were you planning on doing LSD before you went over there? Absolutely not. Nice. We, we were not planning. We were just going over there to kick it with them and got there. And it's like my cousin's 
apartment and his. Girl- <laughs> it was my cousin, the super beautiful yeah. Armenian girl. No, <laughs> no my cousin. My, my cousin who's a guy. He's like, nah, that was my sister. My, it's my cousin who's a guy. His his roommate. He he lived with his girlfriend and his roommate. His roommate is the beautiful Armenian woman, and fucking. Like we got there, his girlfriend was in the in the room, like on the phone with her sister and the and who lives in Colombia, and we just started shooting the shit. And he pulled out this vial of acid, and we were all just kind of geeking out, looking at it, like putting it under a black light, watching it glow and shit. We we're like, oh, this Whoa. is so crazy. And then we started kind of like talking about like, what if what if we did it like. That'd be kind of crazy, right? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be so quirky, dude. Yeah, we'd be so, how, how funny would it be if we did it? I'm just kidding. That's fucking sick, uh, dude. I love those times when you do that. And yeah, and so yeah. Side note: like I, I, every time I've done psychedelics, it's always been in the moment. Like, let's like, should we do it? Yes, no. Answer is yes. All right, we're doing it. You know, oh, yeah. And that's the best way for me to do stuff like that. And uh, so we were just like fucking looking at it, like shaking the vial, like look, like geeking out about it. And his girlfriend gets off the phone and comes into the living room. And she sees us like poking around at it. And she's like this total fairy woman. And she's just like, listen, if we're going to, she turned into like a drill sergeant. She was like, if we're going to do this, we're, gonna, we're all going to take it right now together. And we're going to have the best night of our fucking lives. And we were all just like, fuck. All right, let's go. And we just, we, Dude, we, nice. We all did like, I think like two, ta- like two hits each. Nice. And it hit us pretty quick. It actually is funny because he was telling a story earlier about the like the guy who went outside and saw the cops coming from a mile away. I thought he was talking about me because I went out right before the shit hit me. I went out to the balcony kind of like just to get my last bit of fresh air before I just start diving deep. You know? And I went out to the balcony and I'm like looking around, taking in deep breaths. And I look down towards like, the ground like over the balcony and i see a cop car pull up mind you we're playing music pretty loud in the apartment and the cop is like getting out of his car and i'm like watching him like freaking out like holy shit like hopefully he's not here for us he uh looks up and he sees me looking down and he's like are you guys the ones playing loud music and i was like yeah <laughs> that that's us and he's like can you guys please turn it down and i was like yeah yeah hold on and i walk back inside I'm like, guys, there's there's a cop outside. <laughs> and uh they send that Armenian girl out and she looks down and she's like, Oh, oh hi, hi. And he's like, You guys need to turn the music off. And she's like, Okay, we'll turn it down. He's like, No, 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 you're gonna turn it off. She's like, Okay, we'll turn it down and just runs away. And I'm like, all right, yeah, and he just he just leaves. It wasn't really a big part of the night, but <laughs> uh after we went in, it fucking just, it hit pretty fucking hard. It, it hit pretty quick. I would say it hit like within the first 15 minutes. I don't know why, but it just immediately. Sometimes acid does that. Yeah. I don't know why. Like every now and then it just hits me immediately. Yeah. The like, first time I did it, it took like 45 minutes. This time it yeah. was like 15. I feel like that's how it was the first time it was for me too. It took like 45 minutes or like over an hour to like yeah. fully like kick in for me. Yeah. And this this Armenian girl, she like, she intimidated me. And in terms of, like, how much I fucking thought she was, like, super sexy. Like, I was, like, nervous being around her. And once it started kicking in, I just totally felt super comfortable around her. And she just starts dying fucking laughing at something. Like, it hits her and she just starts fucking cracking the fuck up. Hell yeah. 
And uh, I'm just like staring at her and it's kind of making me giggle a little bit. And then she just walks over to me and just parks that ass right on my lap. <laughs> and every, everyone, my buddy who like I went there with, my cousin who owned the place, I looked over at them and like my eyes is like super wide. Like what the fuck is like, it's this ha- like, and they were just like, "Holy shit, dude!" <laughs> like, they dude. knew I had a crush on her. Yeah, he had an acid brick. Yeah, <laughs> acid- I swear to God, those are dude. real, dude. Acid bricks are real, dude. I swear to God. And she looked back at me and said, "Do you mind that I'm just close to you?" But she said it a lot more sexier than that. She's like, "Do you mind that I'm just close to you?" Do you mind? And I was like, "I do not mind one bit." <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, so the rest of the night we're just tripping, and we also like she ordered some ketamine. She got her ketamine dealer she to pull ordered that. oh i think she, she door yeah. some ketamine she door-dashed. <laughs> Fucking Uber eats some ketamine. did some, uh, did some ketamine. and dude yeah. sh- shout out to uh ketamine and acid complimenting each other so well in a, spaghetti in a, and meatballs yeah and so that, that was that was really beautiful and we also were smoking weed and and drinking and i think i got i just reached like a ceiling of like i could not get any higher than i was i was like we were like trying. We were like we, like taking bong rips. I'm like, I did not even feel that. I think I've reached like a ceiling of. I think I don't. I think this that's is how high fucking weed is for me, dude. Yeah. I'll get so high on LSD and then I'll like take like twenty bong rips in a row. Like I used yeah. to. I don't. I don't really smoke out of bongs anymore after I had like this like lung thing that I had going on. Uh, but like I would take like twenty bong rips and it just like wouldn't affect me. Like I wouldn't like. I really wouldn't get that much more high. But like now when I've been taking less amounts of LSD, like. I noticed like a bong rip will give me like, or like a hit of weed will give me stupid fucking lit. But like when I was taking like a bunch of hits of LSD at once, like five to, you know, seven, 10, mm-hmm. whatever, like I would smoke a bunch of weed and it just like wouldn't, wouldn't do shit. Yeah. That's how I was feeling. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great night. And I, everyone passed out. Like my homie passed out on the couch. Everyone went to their, their rooms and I, I could not fall asleep. And I kind of just like sat up against, I was sitting on the floor, sitting up against the couch and uh the sun, i just watched the fucking sunrise over la and that's when i first started getting like actual visuals not even visuals i was just it's just like the clouds were were like turning pink and shit hell yeah dude and and i and before my buddy went to sleep <clears throat> sorry as my buddy was falling asleep i played a uh album by flea flea solo album and what the, is that called again it's a hell is it helen burns dude yeah that album's so sick it's a really beautiful album and yeah. He uh the last song is called Love 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 and next time you guys are tripping, throw that throw that. I did out. that I listened to it while I was the last time I I can't remember if I took LSD or mushrooms the last time when I listened to that album because yeah. you were like, dude, you, you showed me that one song when I was at your place mm-hmm. and then I bought the album and then never listened to it until I ended up tripping. I have it here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's fucking so sick, dude. It, it's a kind of song that it, it makes you wonder why there's hate in the world, you know? It's a great <laughs> song, dude. And so yeah, and then I remember playing that for him and right before he like right as it ended, he was just like, Yes. <laughs> He's like that was the perfect song to play. Fuck yeah, dude. So what happened with the Armenian girl? Yeah, so she woke up and uh she was like she she came over i was still wide awake sitting up against the couch and she put her hand on my shoulder she was like would you like some coffee and i was like does this girl like is this my wife no like (laughs) she knows me so well like whips me up some coffee gives me like a little like cracker to go with it and uh, some crack (laughs) and and then and then like she's like oh like a whip it huh 
Oh no, 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 no. No. Oh hell yeah, dude. That's a good way to start the day. She's like, come out and sit on the uh patio with me. I go out and sit on the patio with her. Everyone's still asleep. And she just starts journaling right there in front of me. And it's just it just, I don't know. Like I felt like we were both coming down and it, it was weird. And we even talked about it like at like the next time we saw each other. And we were both we were like agreeing, like, yeah, I felt like some weird like otherworldly connection to you that night for some fucking reason damn fuck yeah man. that's sick dude you're like yeah when you parked that ass i just <laughs> yeah. I, I knew shit was yeah. real oh fuck when you yeah. put that thing on me i was like yeah this is it this is it <laughs> uh, yeah i'll talk about it when, when i when i i did acid once like in high school senior year and everything that could go wrong went wrong <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah like none of it was right. I mean, just from the whole like story. reason of why I was doing it and how it all went down and who I was with and where I was and the dosage and everything was wrong. That's so fucked. it started just one. I mean, I was just a massive stoner. I was going through a total stoner phase for like a year or two. I mean, I could, you know, I had the nicest bongs, you could smoke all, you know, and then I guess I just finally wanted to try something new. And one of my best friends at the time, he was really into like making like he, he was like into, you know, making films and stuff. I was going to go to like a nice film school and stuff. So we were like we would always be like brainstorming of like cool like documentaries and stuff that we could make our own. Yeah. Finally, we're just sitting there faded as hell like, dude, I've never done acid. What if what if I just and I had some I was like, what if I just do it and you like film it and we make like this like this like documentary about like, this, you know doing acid for the first time and it like almost was like this like and he was just like yeah like he was all over it and we could do it so i was like sure let's fucking do it Hell yeah. i was like this i was like the uh the guinea pig of this like damn dude. you know for this like film that we were gonna yeah, do. talk about experimentation dude. yeah and like i don't know why but i was treating it like so formally and I like, I wore, I was like, dude, I'm going to wear like some really nice clothes. <laughs> you just go put a suit on? Yeah, I literally had a suit. Are you I, serious? I fucking, <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking wore a suit, dude. Dude, that's awesome. This is the weirdest thing ever. It was just like, I don't know why I was in like this like documentary mindset of it. We're just high as fuck. That's yeah, pretty dope. I wore a fucking suit. I dressed up real, like, almost like a like ritual or something. I was like. The homie was a dapper fellow. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so we so as I'm so then I had my friend drive me up to this place in Malibu, way up in the hills. He had a spot up there, and we're we're all gonna do it. We're all gonna go up there. So I had my friend drive my truck up there, and as I'm like 20 minutes out, I take the first tab, Oof. and I realize, oh shit, I accidentally swallowed it. And we're all rookies when it comes to acid. We're all just stoners. He's like, oh dude, like. I don't think it works if you swallow it. I was like, yeah, I don't think it does either. Oh, no. I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, no. And, we, and keep in mind, there's like no service in Malibu. Though. Yeah. So it's not like something you could just Google, like, does it work if you swallow it? Yeah. So I was like, fuck. Like, I just wasted that. I have to, I have to let it dissolve. So then I do another one. Oh, no. And keep in mind, when I bought this acid, the dude's like, this is some, like real strong good <laughs> shit, you know? Damn. The same thing. So don't take too much, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, I won't, I won't. All right. Well, now I'm already here. I am already two, <laughs> two tabs like deep. Having never taken acid. Before, yes, having right? never yeah. done it. And then I get to this, you know, hangout spot on the top of this hill. It's like this little guest house, just overlooking the whole valley and then the ocean. I mean, yeah, bitching. But it's already like sort of getting dark. 
So I'm feeling kind of good, but it's not kicking in. And it's been already like 45 minutes an hour. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just smoke some weed. And then, and then you know, we I, I brought 14 grams of weed with me. Bam. Half and, ounce? Yeah, nice. yeah. Half ounce. And we started, smoke, we started smoking, I guess. And then it starts kicking in a little bit. Oof. I'm standing outside on this patio balcony looking over all of Malibu. And it's like for half a mile to the ocean and i could see it's like i could see every individual plant and bush just swirling (laughs) and breathing damn and i'm like this is awesome but then but then it's still not getting more past that so and then i'm the only one out of the group of like four or five of us doing it and they're oh they didn't take it yeah they didn't do it they're just smoking and they're they like they start scheming, bro. Wait, so what happened to... I thought your friend was going to take it with you <laughs> and while you guys were... No, no, he, he was just going to film. Oh, so he, I see him, fuck. but he didn't even bring his fucking camera. He's just using his fucking phone. <laughs> He's like trying to get the angles with his phone or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, they somehow peer pressure me into taking a third. He's like, dude, just do it for the fucking video. Like, oh, do it for dude, the documentary, you know? Fucked. So I do... I take the third one. And to look cool on a video, he handed me this knife and I like took it off the end of this knife. And I was like... Well, once I did that, that's so lit. It it fuck yeah, just stupid high school shit. Like let's yeah. do this cool for the for the video. Totally, like, yeah, stupid. And do then it for the gram. Dude. It just then all of a sudden, dude, because keep mind I'm wearing a fucking suit. I start <laughs> it kicks in and I start freaking out. I bet I'm like I feel like I'm exploding. I'm like I'm swelling up. Like my friend sits next to me. And he starts turning into the fucking Michelin tire man, dude. Like you seen the Ghostbusters? That yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. He starts turning. It just starts huge. I look at my hand. My hand is just like a marshmallow. And and I fucking rip off my shirt. Fucking rip off my pants. I'm in my fucking underwear, bro. Freaking out that I was gonna explode through my clothes. Damn. In the drawers. Yeah, yeah. In the drawers. In the drawers. And then finally, my homie like throws me my shirt and I put it back on. Whatever. I was like, I was like, I'm going to fucking explode. Well, the reason I did that is because when I was first saying, like, I think I'm going to fucking explode, this other dude's like, dude, you are. Like, you're oh, fucking exploding. So then I was like, so then it made, then I was like, oh my God, I actually am. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, so, so then I'm up, just dude. freaking the fuck out. And then they just were fucking with me the whole night. Damn. They were like, they were telling me about my loved ones and how they died. I had this ex-girlfriend at the time. They're like, Dude, like she got hit by a bus, bro. <laughs> and like just shit like that. And to me in the moment of wow. tripping, it was so real. Fuck. Like, Fuck and those like, kids. Yeah, they were like, dude. <laughs> and then I started thinking I died. And then I was like, they're like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't know. It was just, I don't know how to explain it. I just sound like a crazy person. But no, I mean, it sounds like you were just in a fucked situation where your friend shouldn't have been dude, doing that and then shit. He, I, I had this like playlist. I want to listen to Pink Floyd and stuff. Yeah. This fucker hooked up to the bluetooth and started playing that little uzi song all my friends are dead oh my <laughs> god what the fuck and he looped that shit like 10 times in a dude, row dude what the fuck and then they were acting like they were dead that's so they, fucked like up. like i was like one of them was on the couch just totally like look like he's passed out i'm like shaking him wake the fuck up no response dude and i'm like oh my god i, I had this realization i'm like I fucking died and I'm in purgatory right now. Whoa. And I was like, it was this crazy trip. I was just like, wait, so that means wherever you die, purgatory is just the spot that you died at. You're just there. 
You're just a ghost. Yeah, Whoa. and whatever bodies were there when you died, they're now just a lifeless body. That their their soul's not there because they're back on Earth. Oh. So then I'm just like, wow, I was with all these people when I died, and now they're all just lifeless, like there. And I'm in this purgatory, and I was like, you Damn. know what? This is better than hell. It's a good point. <laughs> I was like, but then, then it started turning into heaven and hell shit, dude. Oh shit. And I don't know. Then I had this whole like materialistic because then. Right, because I wore a fucking suit and I had a watch and I had my phone and, I, and there was this nice bong there, and somehow it was all lined up perfectly symmetrical on this counter. The suit, the bong, and the, and the not, watch. Not the suit, but, uh. but but like the watch, the wallet, the phone, and the bong. Nice. And I just remember looking at it, and I just remember thinking, like, none of this means anything. Like, this is like so materialistic. Yeah. Bullshit. You know, I looked at the watch that I really liked and I didn't give a fuck about it. I looked yeah. at the wallet that had some money in it and I didn't give a fuck about it. But I remember then I grabbed my phone and I heard this like voice say like, put down the phone. And I like put it down but then I, but then I grabbed it again and I heard, I heard this voice again louder like, put down the phone and I wouldn't put it down. And then I heard this like, almost like a god figure like a boom put down the phone and i fucking threw the phone as hard as i could at the wall bro it was like my brand new iphone and i i fucking chucked it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and i verified this like the next week i was like did i th- did i throw my fucking phone they're like yeah you fucking threw it straight so was it wall. one of your friends that was saying put down the phone or like no no i think that was something in my head like whoa it got to the point i was because i was three doses in. i was so fucking high that I wasn't a lot of stuff I wasn't even seeing with my eyes. Like I feel like a lot of it was in my mind. That's fucking crazy. Everything I'm hearing and all this I'm experiencing was like in my head. Wow. You know? Because I'm only in this small room while I'm going through this whole journey. And yeah. And then I actually didn't have my phone the next day. And it was still up in Malibu and I was back like at my house. And I was just anyways, the the trip was so long, but (laughs) That's so fucked up. Dude, yeah. yeah, that's super lame on your friend's part for fucking with you like that. Like, just goes for, like, harm reductions. Like, don't fucking do that to someone who's on any psychoactive substance or, like, anything in general. Like, that's just, like, it's not cool to, like, fuck with your fucking mental space. It's just, like what Owsley was saying with the fucking Mary Pranksters and shit. Like, when you're in that mind space, you have to be, like, so careful about, like, yeah. what you're doing around other people and stuff like that. Especially if they're, like, in, you know, on a psychedelic, like... Like if like if I would have been in that situation on the seven hits of LSD and I didn't have someone come save me, like that would have been fucked. Yeah. Like if I would have just been there, I would have just spun out of control and probably had a fucking nervous breakdown. Absolutely. Dude, I, I had accepted my death. Yeah, that's fucking wild. I dude. accepted my death because I, I literally saw like I remember looking at my, my friend's face and he was just being all peer pressure y, like just, you know, trying to get me to like hit the bong or something. Wow. And I remember looking at his face and it started uh he had like uh, snakes, bro, coming out of his eyes and his mouth, like Whoa. total, like like that. And then his face started swirling, swirling, and then it was my face. And he looked Whoa. at me and he said, "We're all the same." And what I was like, and, that, and then I just remember going, "What the fuck?" Damn, yeah. that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, what a trip. That's the that's like the worst first trip story I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> same. So fucking awful. Hey, that, that, you should yeah. just you should just put I pride like, myself eerie music over his entire story. <laughs> I pride myself. That's a that's a scary campfire so, so, right? story. Right. So, so absolutely. Then, yeah. Then, that's fucked. Then, yeah. Then there's this part of this trip. I'm like, I I can't even see anything. It's just bright visuals and red lights and stuff. And I had just 
I thought I was in the hospital, like getting uh, shocked. Oh no! Like under the lights. So then, oh geez. Then I was like, yeah, I just had this whole thing. I'm like, and then I was like, yeah, I just died. Anyways, I I get uh, driven back to my house, and because I died, I'm like, this is like an angel or like someone taking me to like heaven or like wherever I'm gonna reside now in this yeah. next life. This is how fucking tri- tripping I am. Holy shit! I like fully came to grips with it, and then. As he's driving me home, I'm going through like all these like little towns and and buildings that I had been around as a kid and everything. And I was just like, wow. It was like driving through my life. And I was like, and I would remember certain people from certain places. Whoa, and was just like, yeah. dude, I wonder what they're up to now. Like, I wonder what they think about how I died. And like, no, no. They probably just think I'm like some drug act- drug addict. I hope I like left some like good feeling. Yeah. And then I get back to my house and I go in the house. And there was a roommate there and he he fucking answered the door, bro. And I thought he was like my guardian angel. Because think about this. The whole night I've had only people that are tripping me out on purpose. And this yeah. guy's like, hey, Nick, what's up? Dude, let's let's work on some music. He had like his mics and his piano set up and, and everything. And wow. we started making music. And I started talking to him like he was my fucking guardian angel. And Whoa. he knew everything about my life. I was like, dude, do you remember when I was fucking 12 and I blah, 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 blah. And he would be like, yeah, dude. He, he went with it. He Damn. knew I was tripping so hard that he went with it. Like, Hey, was, shouts to that guy, huh? Yeah, yeah dude, pause or shout out that guy, dude. Dude, that guy saved my, like, trip. Like, the last Fuck two yeah. hours were amazing. Like, the fact that he never even did acid. The fact that he could, like, see I was, like, out of my fucking mind. Yeah. And, like, act like, he could, like, go along with the story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then I wake up in the morning and I don't have my phone, which is weird. Because every morning I'm on my phone. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And the house is empty. And at the time, this was like a house of six people and it was never empty. Whoa. So when I wake up and I have no phone and the house is empty for the first time, I'm like, I, I really did fucking die. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> fucked. Then, then I go outside to go to my, to walk outside of my truck. Usually my truck's parked right outside the house. It's not. It's parked way down the street. I start walking to it. All... The, the whole way along to my truck, it'd be like one of my shoes, <laughs> my tie, a shirt, <laughs> all these little things. And I'm picking them up as I'm walking all the way to the car. And then I get up to the truck and then out of the passenger seat is like one of my pants, like the legs is just <laughs> like closed into the door hanging yeah. outside. It's like, what the fuck? Wow. I get into the car, turn it on. Christian radios on. <laughs> oh my god! It's like Jesus has come to save. I welcome everybody. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Never listened to Christian radio once oh. in my fucking life. <laughs> Holy shit! So, so it's just like Damn. confirming everything that I fucking died. And there's like this some house. It's like what the fuck? I drive to my dad's house, thirty minutes to the valley because I don't have a phone to call. I'm, just, I'm gonna drive there. He's not there. So now I'm just sitting out. Then I walk to the gas station, call my dad. Hey, where you at? Oh, I'm in Ventura, hour away. My car broke down. Damn. So then I just walk back and I just sit in front of his house for like an hour and a half. Finally, he then then, then for some reason he doesn't pull up right to the house. He parks down the street, walks around the corner, and I just see him. He walks up to me and he goes, "Did you do acid last night?" Whoa. And I just broke down. I was like, "Yeah, I don't want to die." And he was just like, "I knew it." It's like, how do you know? He's like, you're my son. What yeah. the fuck? Oh, yeah, that was Holy like, shit, dude. And as he's saying all that, the trees are still moving and breathing. And like, yeah, I was, this is the next day, but I was still for, for, for 
weeks after I couldn't sm- for honestly months and years I couldn't smoke weed. Yeah, I feel that. I definitely noticed that when I the first time I did LSD, like I and I smoked weed while on LSD. The next few times, like I got very stoned. Like I could, I can't take fucking dabs anymore because like oh, fuck I fucking the last time I took a dab, I like almost I like fell on the ground and was like having like an acid flashback. It was fucking crazy. So a positive takeaway from that was probably like the materialism thing. Yeah. No, and I remember <laughs> like a week after because I played drums, I got asked to play at at this church. And man, it was actually like one of the coolest experiences because I was still even a week later was still feeling like side effects from the trip. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just felt like playing on that stage to like music to a creator, I guess, was pretty awesome. Fuck but, yeah, dude. <laughs> which is kind of fucked up because the church is so against that. Yeah, like, absolutely. They got this drummer that's still. T- well, I had to go to a church the next day too. Damn. At night. And I remembered when I was tripping at the end of the trip in my homie's room we had the piano I remember playing it and like every note just felt like you know the perfect note and I was like dude I fucking learned how to play piano <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah As- I literally learned how to play piano off acid oh, I go yeah. to that church the next day I sit my ass down on that piano it's like I'm about to get nice with yeah. it yeah <laughs> I-, I couldn't even play Mary out of fucking lamb dude <laughs> I-, I was let alone a little lamb dude <laughs> Holy fuck, that's funny. That's a fucking crazy story. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, Yeah, I've only heard bits and pieces of that story. I've never heard it like full. Yeah, that's only like half of it, honestly. Yeah, we should should leave it on that. Leave it on a high note. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, My only last thing I want to add in this is just like, is a question for you guys of like, how... How do you think LSD has influenced you guys' like sense of music and like and how you guys make music? Like what would be your take on that? Like as an outgoing take? It's a good question, Ryan. Like not at all or Yeah, I mean like do you do you feel like it's like helped like with your like musicianship or do you think it's like given you a better perspective on musicianship of like the the type of music I know you said Aaron like the type of music like you're open to like all sorts of different types of music and stuff and like absolutely so like do you think that maybe LSD might have helped with that or like do you think that like yeah some of the you guys' songs are like I know you guys like a lot of bands you guys listen to are like influenced by LSD for sure but like for yeah. your own personal perspective like do you ever like when you're like making music do you ever look back on these experiences and like does it ever help you like with an open conscious like, absolutely so like d- just that state of mind that you are in when you are tripping on LSD is for me um a very creative a very creative uh mindset so that mindset whether I'm listening to music or playing music so like if I'm listening to music it allows me to be more open minded and i can draw inspiration and a lot of a lot of my playing style like the way i play is because i'm so inspired by other things so um like i can listen to like i said i can listen to like something like tupac and be able to go to a like get faded and listen to tupac then go to a groove damage rehearsal and apply some like almost like g-funk like hip-hop bass lines to some of like the heavy rock that that the guys like to play you know and it, and that and a lot of good shit comes out of thinking like that Hell yeah um also it, yeah and also that state of mind also allows me to l- be able to let go and stop thinking about sh- shit like uh scales and modes and um 
chord changes and shit and just playing with feeling. Fuck we, yeah. And, and a lot of a lot of people they 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 have a hard time doing that, you know. Yeah. They uh you know, I'm not going to knock any like any like the jazz guitar or jazz uh you know, math rock guys out there that know everything there is to know about theory and everything, but like just learning how to um dude, I think honestly, I think we sorry, I think we skipped over like a very important uh LSD moment in music history is the fucking guitar solo for Maggot Brain. Which Ooh, is which is we exa- also skipped over Santana. We which never is ex- talked about exactly that. what like I'm talking about. So the just a brief story of what happened there. The song there's an album called Maggot Brain by a group called Funkadelic, which is one of my biggest inspirations. It begins with a short uh, monologue and then they go it goes into a guitar solo uh, just to start the whole album. And the story goes that George Clinton told Eddie Hazel, the guitarist, uh, at, while they were on LSD, to play guitar as if you had just learned your mother passed away. Whoa. Right? And so, the he, and George Clinton produced this record. So he told his the, the lead guitarist on the album, forget the scales, forget the, the chords and what's going on with the music. I want you to play with this feeling, you know? Don't think about, you know, what interval you're going to go to. You know, don't think about any of that. Just play with that feeling. And lo and behold, one of the most iconic guitar solos of all time was born. Wow. Listen, listen to that when you're tripping. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> dude. Holy shit. I've, I've walked, I remember I was walking through, uh, oh no, my buddy Brock was walking through his neighborhood. Believe his name out. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he was walking uh, by his neighbor's house and, um, he heard someone just bumping maggot brain that guitar solo, and he just knew like they're in there just tripping. I know it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. yeah. So that that I take that when I listen to stuff like that, listen to music like that, I'd like to try to capture that mindset and be like, okay, I'm gonna take that to a lot of our songs are born in jams. A lot of our song our songs are very jam jammy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, being able to let go of anything I think I know and just playing with the feeling. A lot of times we'll be like. Oh, we're gonna play this this song like we're we got a trip like we're on a road trip and we got to get there in a certain amount of hours. You know, we got you know when I, you know, like oh, we're gonna play this one like we're uh, like we're at like a fiesta like mariachi. You know, like that the feeling. You know, we yeah. try to get into like a fun little feeling, and that's that's important because then like soulful music, mu- music with soul is born. You know, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. What do you think? For me, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say LSD really plays a part with my music i would say more of like from actually doing lsd because the one trip i had was not a musical trip at all sure yeah. the only music i heard is fucking Lil uzi and that's not music to me <laughs> so um i i unfortunately have not got to experience music hearing me, my favorite music while on lsd yeah which i definitely which is, will at some point yeah i was gonna say it's crazy because of like how into the dead you are and stuff and you've never heard the dead while on acid yeah i've just heard them while i was stoned and, and just experienced like a live atmosphere yeah. show um but obviously i'm very my whole all my music and all my everything's inspired by artists who were inspired by lsd yeah so to that extent but no when i play drums lsd never comes into my mind Interesting. Be only because I've only done it once and it just had nothing to do with that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um hmm, interesting. Yeah, which that, is weird cuz I'm such a musical person, but it it just was nothing about 
only the end of that trip was musical, but that kind of just fizzled away, whatever that was. Yeah, sure. You know, it's yeah. not like five, six years later. It's like still, I'm thinking about it every day. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Well, um, if you do ever get the chance to take LSD and listen to music, fucking, I'd definitely get, be interested to hear what you think about that. Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it will be life changing. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. haven't experienced it. Yeah, it's. I, I love it, dude. LSD L, music while on LSD is the fucking greatest thing to me. Like. My, I didn't even care about music until LSD. Really? That's interesting. Damn. I, I was, really did not really give a shit about that, listening to music. That's crazy. That's fucking very interesting. Yeah. I was, I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me because I know how you are about music and stuff. Um, but for me, like, I, I loved music so much. And, like, I didn't do LSD until I had already been working at, like, studios for a couple of years and, like, was really into, like, engineering and stuff. And then when I, like, first, like, heard a very sonically good record on LSD, I was like, holy fuck. Dude. Yeah. Because the thing with LSD, like, I don't know if you've noticed, Aaron, but, like, music sounds, like, crystal fucking clear. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. it's crazy. Like, I know with, like, mushrooms, like, people will say, like, music sounds cool, but, like, it does not compare to LSD. Like, yeah. it sounds fucking nuts. Yeah. yeah. I- I'm going to do it soon. I honestly almost did it the other night. <laughs> yeah. Bam. But I was, like, It was right in front of our faces. But it was, like, five in the morning. Oh, that's not a good and time. And we were already on some other stuff. So I was like, no. Yeah, definitely not. It's good to go in with an open mind of, like, not mixing it. The thing with LSD for me is, like, don't mix it with anything else. I know Micah and other people have said, like, ketamine is a good mixture with it. But for mm. me, like... Amazing. And, and some people say, like, MDMA is a good mixture with the two, but... And Amazing. I've never tried any of those things with <laughs> LSD, but, like... I don't know. I just, oh, I oh, you, just, you have no idea what you're talking about now. No, I. But I, <laughs> I personally love LSD just by itself. With like maybe I'll smoke some cannabis and stuff, but like yeah. I don't. I've never mixed it with anything. I don't really have an intention of mixing it with anything. Not that I'm like hating on it, but like I just truly love what it does to me by itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mixing with anything that. might might be cool for sure, but like all of the greatest memories and like things I've learned from it have all been just by LSD by itself. And yeah. any, anytime I've mixed it with anything else, it like is not a good experience. Yeah. So I think mixing it with other stuff is more of like a recreational time. Right. Like, like, uh, you know, people that use the nitrous at the dead shows and fish. Yeah, and true. Good point. It, it took me like, yeah, six years to finally be ready to fucking do it again. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah, I five, don't blame five six years. Yeah. And, but cause like, especially yeah. The other night when I saw it, I wanted to do it so bad. I yeah. was like, I wasn't even that scared, but I, but I knew I was like, no, no, I, I can just do this another night. Like, Absolutely, I, I'm yeah. not about to mix it with all of this. Right, stuff. don't rush it. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, I was kind of stoked. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. The time has come. I remember oh, yeah. when you told me the story about your first trip, like right, like right after it happened. Yeah, it's probably just paralyzed. and I was just like, fuck, the homies <laughs> just went through it. Yeah, and so. Seeing him, you know, dabble and experiment a little bit the other day was kind of kind of cool because you were having like a good time. Yeah, and I was nervous too. You were, first, you were and with, I was like, oh, yeah, you were with some dope people. Yeah, you know? it was it was well, a it's, good. It's full blown PTSD after an experience like that. Yeah, like, there's, was. No, there's no denying was. that. It's yeah, that's yeah, very fucked. Heart palpitations and shit, dude. Uh, for, after that, because I smoked, for probably months. Oh, I forgot to uh, <laughs> say that the fourteen grams. When when I brought it home and looked, it was like two grams left. Holy shit! So that's how much weed we were fucking smoking through. Jesus Jeez. Christ! And I remember like uh, I kept hearing this voice do this, like it'll make you feel better. It was like the cure during the trip, and I would feel like I was drinking water, and like this wave would come over me. Well, that wave was just me fucking rip the ripping the bong. Damn! <laughs> they were like force feeding me bong rips. That's not Fuck. cool at all. Yeah, these dude. guys should be in yeah. jail. Dude, the truth yeah. is yeah. Right? fucking so not cool. But now dude. I'm a kick with the fucking homies. 
Yeah. Yeah. Put on some yeah, that's like assault. What happened? Put on some records. It is assault. Yeah. Huh? Where's that footage? What happened to it? Oh, oh yeah, dude, I, I have a video of it, dude. Do you really? It's wild. Jeez. I fucking. I'm just it. walking around. I'm like, I'm gonna explode. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking bad, dude. I, I like couldn't, I couldn't even watch film, it for like, the longest time. I bet that's <laughs> fucked. If you guys want to use it for promo, let me know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. That could Maybe go we'll, on the Patreon. Yeah, I was gonna we'll say, dude, <laughs> follow us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you want to yeah, see Nick explode? <laughs> well, you guys are in the studio right now, recording an album, right? Yeah, we're we're in the process right now. We were in the studio for a f- couple days. Yep. With Ryan and uh we're going to get back in there in a little bit and finish it up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah, it's so, coming along fucking nicely. Yeah. It so sounds, ex- sounds pretty good. Expect us to keep updates on that and fucking throw it out there when it gets released. It's going to be insane. We do have a show in Isla Vista on January 20th. Um, Fuck yeah, dude. How show the last two have been fucking insane. I think the first one was like 200 next one was like three so i'll be getting my nuts snipped off while you guys are playing oh hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm definitely i think i have that day off work so i'm definitely coming with you guys to oh you haven't even seen us play i've never seen yet. you play in isla vista yet. Well, I've ivy loves us bro dude i'm so excited that's yeah. gonna be so fun so yeah, yeah definitely down for that um if you're in the area go fucking go to that Absolutely. Yeah, keep follow Groove Damage on Instagram. Uh, it's at Groove Damage. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. You have no reason to not follow Groove Damage, so go do yourself a favor. Follow Don't Groove Damage. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> if, you want, if you want more of Nick and Aaron and you haven't heard the full interview from before, that is also on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash D-O-O-C, or just drink it out of cups on Patreon. $3 a month gets you a lot of content. Yep. And an acid story that we didn't even tell on this podcast in the form of a, like, a, I, I want to call them like short films, but they're like audio. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the, uh, the story of the time I took 10 hits of LSD uh, and didn't know I, we had shit to do that day. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, the one thing I do want to mention is we'd never touched on the Santana story, which is very well known. So we don't really need to go into it now. You can look up Santana Acid yeah. on YouTube and there's like a six minute interview with him talking about it. Go do yourself a favor and listen slash watch that. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting thing. Um, and yeah, fucking positive shout out LSD, dude. Positive shout yeah. out. Yep. If you haven't done it, do it. <laughs> check in with yourself first. Check in with yourself first. If you haven't done it, listen to my trip experience and do everything the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do it in a safe space. Do it around people that are going to be cool and like not fucking do that shit. And uh, yeah. I'd recommend Armenian women. <laughs> we'll park yeah. that ass. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusively do LSD in Glendale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Armenia. Uh, yeah. While listening right, to see you guys later. <laughs> All right, later. <laughs> Peace. Hell yeah. Bye. There's nothing like listening to Drinking Out of Cups podcast. Nothing like it. <laughs>